like Jesus. Have you ever tried that? Calling for Jesus? No. <laughs> no, wait, you did, didn't you? I tried, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is so that's a that's a comment we get all the time. Or I don't I get that comment all the time. They're like your psychedelics are what do they call it in the Bible? Like pharma 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 pharmakia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're saying it's witchcraft. witchcraft yep. <coughs> and Sorry, I get it coughing. because I see psychedelics in a lot of ways. Like it is witchcraft. But, does that, but does that necessarily mean that it's hundred percent evil? Outside your area without a good excuse. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy times. I almost can't believe it's happening. I know. And it, what's really crazy is I like, you know, a lot of people are like writing off 2020, like, oh, this is fucking shit year. And like, but for us, we had like an amazing, amazing, <laughs> beautiful start to 2020. Then we go home and all this yeah. shit happens, man. Like, as I'm going, like, I remember going to Chile from Peru and then people already starting to wear masks. I'm like, what the, what's going on? What's this coronavirus? Really? Yeah. So you kind of knew about it. You knew about it before it started. Hit. Well, we, we were in Peru while it started hitting. Exactly. Exactly. We were in the jungle still. I remember. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. And I went to Chile and like all the security guards are wearing it and it looked like an apocalypse. And of course, Chile is like in an apocalyptic state. So it was already kind of creepy. Yeah, that's I don't know, man. Do you remember being in the in the Chiloka, looking at the Corona updates? Ah, oh, very vaguely, man. Because like the nah. Corona thing was such a new concept when we were in Peru. I just started really knowing about it when I went to Chile. Yeah. Do you remember? Like your your initial thoughts on it? Because I I was one of those people who blew it off. Like it was ah nah fuck. Ah, uh, I blew it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I blew it off. Because well, I remember reading now? things of people, pe- people were, I don't know, I feel like it's been going on for a long time. Um, I know a lot of countries are losing a lot of money and are desperate to get open. And it seems like they would open if they could. Mm. If it wasn't, if it wasn't a serious issue, a lot of these companies or a lot of these companies, a lot of these countries would, would open, I feel like. Mm. I think so. I think that like people are too extreme on one end or another. Like it's either it's not real at all, or everything that the government is saying you should listen to. I don't know. It, there is some weird things about it that are conspiratorial. I like just you know not that my opinion really matters, but my dumb idea is that I think that the virus is real, but it's being used for some sinister plan somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think don't know so what too. it is, but. It definitely is being used for some sinister plan. And every country I has mean, different conspiracy yeah. theories. That's what's funny. In Chile, they Do thought they? it was... Yeah, in Chile, the conspiracy is that the virus was created by the government so they can stop the protests. Ah, uh, interesting. Isn't that funny how, like, depending on where you are, people have different thoughts and opinions? 
I think people in Hong Kong think that too, didn't they? Because they were protesting also. So, someone did like a, a 3D animation of the president of Chile with all the cops with the marks dancing to Thriller on the streets. Because <laughs> they're like, yeah, fuck it, we got rid of all these people. <laughs> it's so funny. Really fucked up, but quite hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy times. I don't know. As uh, yeah, it, Sorry, go ahead. It is just so funny that we started 2020. We were just like, man, 2020 is going to be our year. <laughs> we're in Peru. We were like cheering and in excitement about all our future plans. It's like the next chapter of our life. Not even the next chapter. I feel like it was like the next yeah. act, you know, like a big significant yeah, yeah. change, you know. And then It still is. It's, I mean, it's still going to be like that, but it's just a little delayed. Well, you got to live in a retreat for a while, so that was pretty awesome. I yeah, it was be, cool, but here, so it was pretty good. I got I got a little stir crazy just staying in the retreat though. Mm. Yeah, because it was strict over there. Because you couldn't. It's not like here where I am, where you can like go out for a walk in the supermarket or see your mates. Well, you lived with nah, people. We would, well, at least that was. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was nice, and I got to yeah. live with cool people that were interested. They were interested in things I'm interested in, so I was always like able to, you know be surrounded by this, this shit I'm fascinated by. So that was cool. With the shaman? Wait, 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 hang on. I'm tr trying to remember his name. I don't want to be rude. Emilio? Oh, fuck. Who's seen this son? Eligio. Eligio. Okay, I was close. I said Emilio. Yeah. Yeah, you're close. Yeah, you're close. Eligio and Ardinho. Yeah, he's cool. Dude, he yeah. smoked 5-MEO DMT for the first time when I was there. I got you watched Ardinka? You did? I saw him, yeah. I got him on camera. Smoking the uh, toad? I don't know if he smoked it or if I got his reaction afterwards, but I definitely got him. Interesting, at least, right? at least his reaction to it. And he handled it. Well, well, like, it. It's like he smoked a joint or something. Just. Oh, for sure. Hmm. That was his reaction. <laughs> and then some He's... other people you just see fucking... Wait, because you you probably seen peop more people smoke five meo DMT after I left, or not really? Because that's when the <coughs> when did you leave? You you left with Jake when Jake left? I left like just before February, because I'm pretty sure I left like the day before my birthday. March. You left just in February, and then the country closed down in the kind of end of March, I think. Mm -hmm. So I think I've seen three three retreats after you. So yeah, I got to see maybe probably 30 or 40 people do do it. And do you think that it, like comparing people's reaction to ayahuasca or 5-MeO, which one do you feel like was more profound? Uh, it's hard to it say seemed... this is short short term, you know what I mean? Like it's different if yeah. you see these guys a year afterwards, but yeah, from your in the moment reaction. Well, I think it depends on the person. I think there are people that can have really profound experiences from ayahuasca. But the thing that with ayahuasca is it seems to be a process. Mm. Like, you might not get what you need to get on your first ayahuasca ceremony or your second ayahuasca ceremony. Mm -hmm. It might be your 10th ayahuasca ceremony when you really start, like, feeling like you're getting some serious work done. And there will be, like, along the way, there will be things that inspire you to keep you going and things that become healed and show you that something is happening and it is working but with sapo it's such a like you just do it one time and you're well i i don't know i haven't do it but this is my experience from seeing other people it seems like they just do it once and they're so in awe that it's an experience that they 
would really need to like meditate on before doing again i mean you did it so you you probably could say it better than than me yeah yeah i'm still still processing i, I would say like in the short term it was definitely more profound in terms of like the holy fuck wow you know but at the same time i feel like my first ayahuasca trip was like that in many ways so it just kind of depends but overall i I, well, I guess with that particular trip, it was more trying to let go of my fear of death and not so much death, but, you know, we've talked about this a lot, but like dying and grieving and yeah. losing family and dealing with the impermanence of being a human. And I guess in that state, I've been, I don't have that many existential thoughts, at least not dark ones, like good ones, you know what I mean? More of like, fuck yeah, we get to do this forever and get to just choose a new character. Each, like, that's my thought process now, whereas before I was like, fuck, I'm going to die, I'm going to have to start this video game all <coughs> over again, I'm going to lose all my all my experience points, my fucking, my armor, my magical weapons, and I'm going to do this all again. Like, it kind of, you know, you can kind of feel overwhelming, like, fuck. Yeah. i got to do this shit all over again, i got to do the suffer. i got to do high school again. Yeah, Fuck, high school sucks, man. At least for and also, if you compare us, you compare us to other species, we suffer significantly less than most other species. You and mean, think about how you mean physically. Because I, I mean, I, who I, I, it's I hard to say emotionally. Would, it's true. It's true. Because I'm a human, I, I would say that mentally we suffer more. Just the fact that we have so much awareness on yeah, yeah, that's true. And stuff. That's true. That is true. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah, think, I don't think dogs physically. are fighting demons, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not an animal, but I'll, I would assume that just with, you know, at least with like, let's say if you're more intelligent, for example, you have more knowledge, already there you're more prone to suffering more because you know more. Whereas if you're like yeah. just some innocent, dumb person who's like, yeah, you're just happy working. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. In fact, sometimes I wish I was that person, but... You know how some people can just be happy and not actually learn anything and just do simple shit. So, yeah, like my parents, you know, like normal, <laughs> like like normal parents, you know. Yeah, like, like some people, ever... some people can just be happy living a uh, have, having the security, just a normal a life. Job. And I can see that, you know, I can see how someone could be happy with it, but some people are wired differently, I guess. Like I couldn't be happy yeah. working like a normal job with a boss. No, are you ever worried? So are you ever worried about like as far as far as as far as like being self-employed and independent uh that like one day it might just end and you're gonna have to like just like what the like i don't know do you worry about that ever uh definitely for the most part but yeah. not not lately Nah, maybe it's like a mindset thing but it's also like i think of it even if let's say everything was to lose like let's say youtube imploded you lose all your videos all your subscribers but I feel like with all the skills that I've accumulated throughout this journey, I feel like it'd be much easier to kind of start something. It's not like starting again, you know? So I'll think Yeah. And my hate and disdain for working a normal job is so strong that it would yeah. drive me away from making something happen. Yeah, me just, too. It's not just what you want, it's how much you hate the thing that you don't want as well. Because <laughs> if you just accept it, then... And it's like, ah, you know what, it's not that bad, then that you might not get enough motivation. Did you always know that you were not going to have a normal job? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was actually I, thinking, I, like, ex like, even when I was a kid, as early as I can remember, like, two, three years old, I always had that thought. And it's weird, but I was always like, what am I doing on this planet? Like, why did I 
why am I in this body? Why am I perceiving only through this thing? Like, there must be something special. You know, that's, that was like kind of my thought process. Like, there was something here that I was here to do. I'm not saying that's true or not, but that's kind of the thought process. I don't know, isn't it weird? This kind of like, why, why are you in this body specifically? Just the cool realizations of being a kid too, when you're just, you're discovering the world. And like, I remember specifically one time being in my room and just laying there staring at my wall and putting my finger on, my, on the wall and just thinking to myself, am I touching the wall or is the wall touching me? And just being so mind, and being so mind blown by this, like me thinking about this, like what the fuck is happening right now? So you're always a just being like, yeah, just being like 10 years old and just thinking about these things and like, I don't know, it's just fun to just to be like a kid and discovering the world. And how were you in high school? Like, how did you fit in school? How did you like school and teachers and learning the subjects and all this? I liked some teachers. I didn't like going to school too much. I skipped as much as I could. Um, I was a good student, like behavioral wise for the most part i got into a fight once and got suspended yeah i didn't do any drugs no drinking or anything completely like punk rock straight edge kid like war x's on my hands and stuff like that um that is punk rock these days though i feel like punk rock these days is being a white straight christian male (laughs) (laughs) it's like against the going against the grain yeah i always kind of look at spirituality being a form of punk rock because it's spirituality or at least uh maybe like yoga or hinduism it tells you to completely disobey this world like it's all it's none of it's real basically is what the conclusion of hinduism is and i always thought that was so punk it's like yeah nothing is real rebellion so is, is punk yeah. rock, but would punk rock be like going against the grain like let's say what happened if the whole world was spiritual if the whole world meditated if the whole world was like a certain way then would punk rock be like going a different direction you know what i mean that's why yeah. i feel like is being a white male punk rock these days because it seems like yeah punk <laughs> is this it's the spirit of rebellion yeah yeah and you could you know it's like when we have the cycles like you know the principle of rhythm we always go through these different cycles and i feel like now people even with the political spectrum i feel like more conservative kind of right wing is kind of coming back and we're understanding it more i don't know what do you think well yeah yeah i think so because it's getting so ridiculous yeah yeah yeah. we went way too far on one end and it made sense i mean like being open-minded progressive but then i think reality sets in and it's like you like oh my these ideals like oh wait it sounds really good but then you put those things into practice and it's not good i just think it seems like all these people that have in their bio, their biographies on Twitter and stuff like that that says like liberal, uh, it'll say something like she, her, and it'll say hashtag Black Lives Matter, and then you'll read their tweets and it's just them like f- fucking flipping out over everything and just yelling at everybody, and it's just like, what are are you really interested in? change or are you just interested in conflict and you're using all of these sort of different statuses that have the mask of change Mm. to sort of justify an outlet for you to argue with people that you know you don't agree with it seems like a really like an like an aggressive outlet opposed to like a uh space that's really trying to invoke change Mm. 
and maybe they don't have it. It is, it is that. It is that too. You know, yeah. I'm not saying like there's not that there, but it just seems like, well, like the social justice warriors and stuff like that are like we've like we've gone too far, to the point where it's just like man, like. And then it probably is going to go too far on the right side eventually, where as soon as you start speaking about justice, people are going to shut you down. Like, all right, social justice warrior, when there's a balance of like, hey, hey, come on. Like, I understand that you don't want to be too much of a yep. social justice warrior, but to shut your mouth and not say anything, it's a little bit... Yep. That's not good either. That's I also crazy. find it... I find it strange that we live in a time where people identify with different social movements. Like, mm. people's identities are so abstract at this point. People don't have a relationship with themselves that isn't, like, political or something that's, uh, yeah, just like that's it, that's involved in, in a way that is completely external. Mm. Like, like, their entire personas are externalized. There's nothing, like, there's no true inner relationship. Like, and you can see it displayed not only in the way that people, like, dress and, you know, wearing crazy expensive clothes and just, you know, our culture. But even in, like, like I was saying, when people put, like, hashtag Black Lives Matter and stuff like that in their bios, and I'm not saying we shouldn't support things. It's just interesting to see... I, like identity, the way identity shifts through time, mm. the extremes. It's it's interesting just to see how people have an like the the way people build their identities, and especially the way that society plays a role in that, and the way that you perceive yourself and care and that you carry yourself through the way that you're sort of uh, structured by where you're born. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's a lot of it's tribalism. I think it's lack of purpose. People just not having their you know, finding their, why they're here on this planet, so they have to they have to attach their ego to all these different things. And people go different ways. Like, you can either go attach yourself to all these political ideas or gender or race or whatever. And it's funny how these social... Well, a lot of these social justice warriors have to make everything about race, you know. But I don't know. I think... I think purpose... Lack of purpose, man. I, I feel like that's huge. I, I Even going through high school, there was always, like, that... Everyone was just conforming. No one really questioned the system. I'm sure it's changed now. I don't know. I haven't been in school in many years, but I don't know, man. I think that even in the way that school is structured, they kind of just give you a limited amount of subjects that you have to choose. You have to study this, this, or this, or even how they'll give some subjects higher points. Like if you study physics and mathematics and calculus, you get an extra five points. But if you study music, you get negative five points because it doesn't weigh as much as this. You know what I mean? It's just like just the whole structure, I think. A lot of people are aware of this by now. And I'm sure there are a lot of schools that are, like, you know, implementing meditation and teaching people how to be entrepreneurs. I think that's important, teaching people business skills. Cause like, do you remember school? Did you ever get taught about money? Actually, how to start Not really. How to pay taxes? Like, real yeah, world nah. shit? None of that shit. No, but I, I do think, like... It's a new world now too, even since we were in high school. So it's mm -hmm. time for it's time for like a complete change. And it, it's crazy. It's exponential. It's gonna keep it's gonna keep getting like needing reform with each generation because not only will technology keep on exponentially getting crazier and crazier, and the kids are gonna grow exponentially with that technology. Mm -hmm. Like in fifty years we're gonna have a completely different world. Completely different school mm -hmm. systems. Different on completely different <laughs> 
on just how technology affects our brain. You know what I mean? Like what's I mean, man, it's so cool. We didn't, we didn't even have really cell phones when we were in high school. Yeah, and then, you know, a lot of people. A little bit, a little bit, we did, but yeah, not like, not, not, not like a proper cell phone that I feel we like have the now. First smartphone, or at least the first iPhone, came out when I was in year twelve. So like my last year in high school, the first model. So it was yeah. just becoming Facebook just started to creep in. I was talking about this with Yesenia, how crazy just. Imagine living through high school with social media. Like it was already brutal as it was, man. Like, well, we had we had I had MySpace. I think yeah, I, no, Ooh, we had MySpace, but that was the end. It wasn't throughout. I don't remember yeah. having MySpace like throughout all of high school. You know what I mean? I don't really remember using any social media in uh, high school. Wait, how old are you? Twenty-eight. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. We're the same age. Well, there you go. What did you use? What website did you use in high school? Uh, it's in social YouTube? media. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like. Wh- and games like what were flash, we doing flash, in high school? Flash games, like just playing video games. Yeah, like Counter like Strike, uh, Halo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I would yeah. bring in like Super Nintendo emulators, and I'd start. Yep. And I'll just play like Super Mario and shit. I watch Dragon Ball yeah. Z, of course. That was yeah. Actually, you know what? High school was fun, and I think high school was really fun. But uh, like you know, I haven't been in high school lately, but I feel like people would be a lot more sensitive. Or maybe not, because Australia have always been Australians have always been pretty thick-skinned, but it was brutal. We did not have <laughs> political correctness. I was the black kid in school. Can you believe that? <laughs> I remember my fight. I, I don't think I'm black, by the way. People listening at home getting furious right now. I am. I did my DNA test, and I'm. I have pygmy in me. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> but, it's true. Yeah, it's true. But I remember my like my mates would be like, "Oh, you're a fucking, you're two shades darker than me, therefore you're black." Like, <laughs> savage, man. Yeah. And, and in in, Arge- in Argentina, you'd be black. Oh yeah, no, Argentina. Apparently, uh, oh yeah, they're the white. Uh, they're the whites of South America. Yeah. Do you know? Do you remember Fernanda from Maracana? Yeah, yeah. Fernanda is from Argentina, and she said that she's like considered black there. Really? What? And I'm like, how? How you? You hardly look Latina. How could you be considered black? They call it negra. Yeah, negrita. Yeah, in Chile they do that too. Super, it's like a super racist. <laughs> well, it's not. It's not racist. It's in not racist. Latin it's America. just. It's just not the, the. I guess the political correctness hasn't caught up in with English. In English, that's super racist. Yeah, yeah, I know. But in yeah. Spanish, it's not. At least not yet. Well, they said it's like super endearing. Like, uh, did you ever hear that song "Duerme Negrito"? <laughs> it's Do you know so that song? Racist. I've heard of it. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, it's a beautiful song, but it's, it talks about like the white devil coming to eat the little baby's feet if he doesn't go to sleep. <laughs> oh shit! I think that would change though, because like with South America, they're like, I know it's like rhythm and culture. I think that they're just like behind and on a lot of lot of things and i don't mean that in a condescending way but at the same time if i'm looking at the reality of it like chile they're like their sex education their drug education it's so behind what we are and that's that our drug education sucks so you could imagine (laughs) how how bad it actually is you know i I think condoms Mm -hmm. uh when i went there a few years ago with my girlfriend i was like buying condoms and i think it was like it was ridiculous it was like $15 $15 for a packet of two? Like, two single condoms? What? Where? In and Chile? In, in South America. So imagine, like, the markup. 
because they get paid way less. So you, you, in other words, it's so you got ripped off. There's no way. And it's like, yeah, no wonder people are breeding like rabbits, man. You're making contraception super, super expensive, and the relief, the Catholicism is so embedded in there. But then you know the backlash is coming, and you know you're getting a lot of the. I don't know, Antifa, communist, anti-religion, atheist group coming in. So I'm sure I find it's, it's so weird that they've made anti-fascist a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like since when is being an anti-fascist a bad thing? We fought like the world wars over <laughs> like we, we've, we've always been anti-fascist. How is it a bad thing all of a sudden? I don't know, man. I think that people just we forget, you know what I mean? Like it's it's easy when you're born was... in a country and you've never fought a war or you've never lived long enough that it's it's easy to be kind of entitled you know i see that with a lot of chileans like just spoiled little kids going out and protesting but they've never actually seen reality for what it is so they're just preaching dangerous ideas that are just furthering destroying the country and i get a lot of you know because people are very divided on this topic man i get like chileans messaging me as well but i've thought about this so long and hard man and it's it's just not good I just don't see how going out there and just fucking, you know, graffitiing the, on the whole streets like all coppers are bastards and throwing rocks and just spreading nothing but hate and hate and hate. And I understand why, because it's so fucked up. Like, I learned that neoliberal, neoliberalism, which is like, this is my dumb way of explaining it, of it, but it's like a really hardcore version of capitalism. Basically, every man for himself, right? And Chile was... The country that was sorry that concept was born in chile neoliberalism it was born in chile and they okay. have like privatized water like water is not a human right oh, fucked up. yeah and they have like but i don't don't every country have privatized water uh no but it's for example it's governmental so it's like sort of like here like the tap that we're drinking right now the government owns that so yeah, in a yeah. way, it is privatized, but it's it's not really because the government. It's your water. But you still, but you still pay water bills and stuff. Yeah, don't you? but this would be like, for example, it would be like me starting a water company, like a private business, and then me supplying all of Australia, and I would own all right. the water, right? So. Right. I think that's that's how I understand it anyway. That's pretty right. crazy. They got like four families that own everything, pretty much. Yeah, that's like one of one of those. You, you like these Kool-Aid jammers? What's that? The Capri Sun? Juice? Yeah. What flavor? Um, kiwi strawberry. Oh, nice. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. So what have you learned through all your journeys of on San Pedro? The Mesopotamian grandfather cactus. How many trips have you had now since you were in Peru? 127. <laughs> a lot. Um, uh, oh, let me think. Let me, really, let, me, let me try to think of like an actual number. You pissed some Pedro juice. I swear that's not even a lie. I really was. <laughs> I swear to God, my pee smelled like San Pedro for days and days oh, and days. Shit. Um, so you got to drink a lot of that, man. It's not like ayahuasca. It's like this tiny little shot glass. Oh, no, no, wait, no. The ones that we drank was actually shot glasses, wasn't it? With San Pedro. Yeah, but it was like a double shot glass. Okay. Um, I've, I've drank like tall glasses. Oh, man. Just even thinking about it. Thinking about the taste. Probably 30 times. We probably did 30 San Pedro ceremonies. 
and um I don't know if I've learned anything from it. Like I, I don't know if it's one of the ones that have that sort of give you those profound realizations or those hard hitting one liners or whatever that sort of blow your mind. It's more of just a really profound connection to whoever you're with and the earth. And uh, I tried to have a proper psychedelic visionary experience from it, and I couldn't do it. And I drank probably three of those shot glasses. Maybe three and a half. I drank three and a half of those big shot glasses. Damn. Were you gone? Uh, no. Not even. No. Oh, shit. I got like trails with my hands and stuff like that. But no fractals Co- or. Deep. Maybe with my eyes closed, I got a little bit of fractals, but not really. What about the MDMA sort of feeling? Mm, a little bit. Fuck, not really though. It's cold here, man. Is that hot where you are? <laughs> no, it is. Uh, We're like in peak winter right now. It's a little, it's a little cold because I'm in a basement, so it gets a little cold here. But it's been warm outside lately. Yeah. What time is it there? It's uh, ten. I'll say ten one. in the morning. Almost one. No. Oh, one p.m. Mm. Pretty good. I miss some Pedro. That one hits me pretty, pretty hard. But the one that we had was actually was the weakest brew that I've had for sure. In Arcana. Yeah. Yeah, what other way did you take it? You said you drank it a different way, didn't you? Uh, well, I, I drank it in liquid <coughs> form, but I remember the cups being bigger. Like uh, like an actual tall glass. Dang, tall. so you drank like, so it was a like, lot? It was like... It was like drinking... You didn't puke? Mucus. Um, only once. And that sucks. <laughs> yeah, actually, the one of the last times I had San Pedro was with Yesenia in Peru a few years ago and we did it with like this Bernard and he was like he reminded me of Bilbo Baggins he had like the pants the barefoot and he's like walking in bare feet and it was like beautiful mountains it looked like the Shire Man it was amazing and that one really tripped me out because that was after my like hardcore ayahuasca experience and I remember going through like this really crazy I was having like this biblical trip man of like a spiritual seeing visually this spiritual war of like angels versus demons and i was going through these weird thoughts like is san pedro like an alien technology used to maybe they're using humans like you know what i mean like we think that we're drinking the plants maybe the plants are using yeah. us you know what i mean so that's the kind of thought process i came in i was having my whole trip fractals fucking almost oh. evaporating into nothingness and then yesenia came over <laughs> knocked me and she's like oh by the way when this is over, remind me to get a pregnancy test. <laughs> I was like, you can imagine the bombshell that just left in my troop. What? She was just tripping me. It's okay. Just, <laughs> but that kind of freaked me out. That's so funny. She actually saw... Uh, um, I don't know if you got told this, but when I did San Pedro, they, they believed that the hummingbird is the represents the spirit of San Pedro. Oh, yeah. I remember this story. And then you send your... <laughs> While she's tripping on San Pedro, she saw a cat murder a hummingbird. <laughs> and you see her, like, sad face. Could you imagine that shit? Do you remember Shanti? Yeah, yeah. The, the cat. cat. Yeah, yeah. What the happened? cat Shanti. I've I seen her kill two hummingbirds. Oh. I got pictures of her carrying it around in her mouth. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. And, and then we also got a new cat there, too, called Oshi. Oshi? Oshi. Ushi. Ushi. Ushi and Shanti. Something like that. Nice. Ushi is moon in Shibibo. Nice. You like Shibibo? That's all I know. That's all you know? 
I learned I don't I forgot them now, but I was learning how to say like dick and vagina and all the good words and shibibo. But I forgot them now. Yeah. And Christina you said left a while ago, huh? Uh yeah, I didn't see her. Oh she didn't she didn't stay with you. She left no. Yeah, that's right, she left straight away. But her son was here. That would be yeah, it was. Cool, did you learn a lot about like you know more about shamanism? Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, shaman. totally did. We were do we did cleansings to the temple or I mean to the whole center actually all the time. Not all the time, but we like a lot. And I got to really see at least Eligio's beliefs on things. And what's his belief? Our dig- well, Eligio. Well, like what? What is he? But does he believe in like? good and evil and like the kind of traditional i think so yeah he'd probably say there's good and evil yeah yeah and he really thinks that well they believe that hustina can help them during ceremony so they'll be doing ceremony and stuff and sometimes like something crazy will happen a demon or an intense experience will start happening during ceremony and hustina will will come to them during ceremony and help them fight really like so she, they believe like stuff she, like that. So they believe like okay, she'll come up in the astral world. Okay, so like yeah. Okay, so for example, they, these shamans might go <laughs> across some, I don't know, let's say some creepy ass spirit, and then Husino will be like, "Okay, I see, I got you, brother." Okay, here's me. an example. Like yeah, yeah, tell me, tell me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So okay, so we had one guy come. We were calling him uh, El Gordo. <laughs> El Gordo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in so so we'll, call, we'll call him Waton, which is fatty. But yeah, if you want to know that. If you want to know okay, that. so there was this guy that, that was drinking ayahuasca. It was his first time drinking ayahuasca. And he... Um, yeah. And he has problems with coke and drinking and these kind of demons, you know. Mm-hmm. And during ayahuasca, he was just purging and purging and purging. Really dark dark deep purging and uh fernando was having crazy visions of uh these demons trying to uh like entice her to do coke because she had she she, i don't know I, i guess i already said it now but she went a long time ago she had a problem with coke and uh she said these demons were leaving the gordo and coming to her and trying to like trying to steal her back to her addictions and Eligio said he saw he was seeing the whole thing whoa yeah so i mean that's what they they he believe saw that he saw that shit wow that's like crazy she she explained it and he well i think he even he noticed during the ceremony that she was fighting like he came over and was blowing tobacco and stuff. Right. And she explained what happened. Then he was like, ah. Oh, and he that was thing. like, yeah, I know. Fuck. And he said, why? Why she? He he asked her, why didn't she use her dragons? Apparently, she had a vision of dragons before. And Alihio was like, you need to call on those when you're fighting demons like that. He's like, when you have these visions of dragons or chaikunis or some kind of something that comes to you to help you. That means they're kind of like a spirit ally, and when you're during, when you're in ceremony and you're having these really intense experiences, you can call on those allies. It's just like having a dieta, you know, like right. you're calling on your you're calling on your plants to help you. And it could be like calling on spirits that you resonate with at all, like, like maybe. You know, of course, trust me to bring this up, but could you bring up like a Dragon Ball Z character <laughs> to help you fight? 
Or is that well, I think it's I think it's something that, that I think it's like it's an entity that you've interacted with before. Okay. Okay. Like Jesus, have you ever tried that? Calling for Jesus? No. <laughs> no, wait, you did, didn't you? I tried, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, point. this is so that's a that's a comment we get all the time. Or I don't I get that comment all the time. They're like your psychedelics are what do they call it in the Bible? Like pharma 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 pharmakia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're saying it's witchcraft. Witchcraft, yep. <coughs> and Sorry, I get it coughing. because I see psychedelics in a lot of ways. Like it is witchcraft. But one hundred percent but does that necessarily mean that it's hundred percent evil? No. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, I think that some people can't handle it. You know, there are different, you know, we're talking about different avatars, character types. Some people are warlocks and they can go through the darkness, transmute it to light. Other people, they just can't handle it. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on the person, but... Yeah, yeah. Outerdingo? Outerdingo is the most... He's the he's the most real warlock I've ever met. He seems like it. I he really is. Guy, man. Is, is he coming so, to like, Mexico? I'm not sure. We, I can try to get Jose to bring him. Right. Um, we'll meet him again. He was uh, like, so I listened to his Ikaros, and he sings like during his Ikaros, he's singing uh, 25,000 soldiers wearing different colors. That's like one of the things he calls on. 25,000 soldiers. Yeah, like oh. you'll just be hearing like him during ceremony, and he'll be like, 25 mil colors. <laughs> <laughs> he has a unique Ikaros, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And he would just call upon an army. Of 25,000 people wearing different colors. It's like, we have an army. We have a Hulk. Yeah. And he calls on these things called Solimans. Solimans? Solomon. Isn't Solomon it's like an ancient... Is it tornado? No, but I remember Solomon is like a... He's like the most that's famous so- magician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solomon... Yeah, something else. Okay. These are Solimans. These are uh... big tornadoes. I don't know if that's a... A Shabibo word or something? I'm not sure. Sounds like a Pokemon. So he'll be like... <laughs> he'll be blowing these Solimans around the temple while like doing his Ikaro, and you'll just be hearing him blow. Whoa. So, I mean, these guys really believe in the astral world, and they really believe in the spirit world, and they really believe that ayahuasca is bringing you to that place. Mm-hmm. And they believe that you can do diets that will give you nature allies. And do you think that ayahuasca taps you into like a unique psychedelic collective consciousness, or is it taps you into the same collective consciousness that we're all tethered to, and that psychedelics just give you a unique door, or is it an actual unique universe? You know what I mean? So are you saying is psychedelics the like the unconscious of humanity, or is it a real yeah, place? Yeah, that, yeah. That's is, outside is it, of us? Is it like the collective unconscious is it a real place, or, or is, is it a realm? Or is it, yeah, exactly, like a specific psychedelic realm? Yeah, it's a realm, I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. So you, you don't think you can get there if you never had psychedelics? Like, I believe you can get no. there if you have psychedelics in your system and then you go for it, but can you go there without having the experience at all? Well, maybe if you're a very dedicated yogi that lives in a cave and you're completely unattached from society and you have no family and you are you can completely focus on going inward because i don't necessarily think it's the psychedelic that's bringing you there i think you can't get there without the psychedelic but i don't know a single person that can have a dmt trip without taking dmt so what would the psychedelic be analogous to is it like a portal gun because it's not the thing itself it just takes you to the place you know, it's a vehicle. Yeah, it's definitely a vehicle. Holy shit.
And do you think that synthetic psychedelics, let's say like the research chemicals, do you think they take you to the same place or do you think it's a different thing? Well, I, what I think it is, is I look at it this way. So the reality that we are currently experiencing is a product of our biochemistry. So like our biochemistry, the current tweak, like the current like uh, amount of shit in our brain produces this experience. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Say that again. So like our current brain chemistry, the way that the natural brain, when it functions naturally, it produces what we call normal reality. Right. Yep. 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 So when we take something like ayahuasca or DMT or we are meditating, it's flooding our brain with different chemicals, and that chemi- those chemicals are changing the reality that we experience. It's just like dreaming. It's like your brain is being flooded when you're dreaming and a new reality becomes present. So I think that there are multiple realities, but we can only interpret them in – we can only interpret like our current experience if we have the right – stuff going on in our head to produce this effect mm-hmm. like if you're on dmt it's going to be a dmt experience you know what i mean yeah. but i think that's i think it's equally as real we just can't see it because we have these sunglasses on which is the brain chemistry that is normal brain chemistry but you know what i mean right yeah it's, like, it's, it's hard to explain but like the ego you've got you got the gatekeeper part of your brain which kind of filters out all the overwhelming yeah. parts of reality that exactly have to do with exactly survival um, like you, like you said, we have the receptors to receive these experiences, and maybe there's a there's a point where we had all these chemicals in our minds before psychedelics, and then we kind of split apart, and then we have to use plants to get there because otherwise we'd be tripping all the time, and animals right. would kill us, and we'd get fucking raped and raided and all that kind of shit because, you know, we still live in reality, and a large part of human history has been fucking violent, man. Still is, way less, but. Yeah, you know, you have well, to keep that in mind. Right? I'm sure if you lived in a fo- if you were like a forest animal, I'm sure you'd say exactly. You'd have a different opinion. <laughs> it's all purely survival. But yeah, it's it's interesting seeing that whole. I saw a quote on, because you know how a lot of new age people like to use Jesus to kind of further their agenda, like oh Christ consciousness or oh not. Oh, you reality. never you didn't tell you you didn't tell your Jesus story about when you called out to Jesus. That's right. So I called that. Okay, well tell that one first. So I was having a really really tough time set night to ayahuasca and i was going to a really similar place of that time where i almost killed myself because i had a psychotic breakdown it was the collective hell <laughs> demons it, it's beyond words it really is it's more horrible than what you could possibly imagine <laughs> and then i was going through that place and i was like fuck shit i'm in this place again and then throughout the trip i remember thinking like oh, wait jesus because people always told me a lot i've been getting so many messages from christians like if you ever either there's two camps either one camp of christians are like if you're having a bad time call out to jesus and another camp saying if you call out to jesus this will prove to you that psychedelics are demonic because it will, they'll run away or the spirits are demonic sorry not the psychedelics yep i get that comment all the time and then so i and i was I didn't call him out out of curiosity. I called him out out of, like, I was on my knees, like, desperate. I didn't know what else to do. So you could imagine that's that it was a genuine place. It wasn't like, oh, Jesus, we're going to come out. I was like, no, please, Jesus, I need you. And then the voice came back and was like, Jesus ain't going to save you here, pal. I was like, fuck, <laughs> shit. 
<laughs> but at the same, uh, it freaked me out. But then, you know, mindset. You can't just let it just like, oh, shit, now I'm fucked. I might as well just go into hell. But it was like, okay, guess it's up to me now. So, And in a way, I guess it was good because then I relied on myself. And maybe, maybe, I try to think like, maybe Jesus would have came if I was like, just that little bit more desperate or if I really couldn't handle it. Because I thought I couldn't handle it, but I did at the end of the day. So maybe... Right. The spirit of Jesus or what, or the symbol of Jesus or whatever you want to call it. Maybe he would have came if it was like really, really he, desperate time. He might have came, but at least his symbol wasn't powerful enough to scare the, nah, the demon away. Exactly. And that kind of made, got me thinking. But I still like... Jesus is still like my favorite spiritual figure yeah. of all time. Yeah. And I... You know, bringing out the non-duality, because I, I remember seeing a post lately, and, you know, people from the New Age like to use Jesus to further their New Age bullshit ideology, like non-duality and all this kind of stuff. But Jesus was, like, the most hardcore dualist of all time. He was always preaching good and evil, heaven and hell, right and wrong, doing the, good, the right thing, going towards God, away from Satan. So it's just, I wonder how that, how, I don't know, how, how did Jesus get so twisted in these ideas of, pushing these ideas that he never preached at least according to the bible and scholars and people's interpretation of what he taught because at the end of the day i just want to state that i was not there two thousand years ago i didn't meet the guy so i don't fucking know but yeah i think yeah that he was a dualist makes a lot of sense and i'll, I'll consider myself a dualist <laughs> in that sense that yeah i would consider myself in hinduism they have this really cool idea that they call a chintya a beta beta tattva which means... Okay, say it again, say it again. A chintya. A chintya. A chintya. A beta. A beta. A beta. A beta tattva. A beta, a beta yep. bitch. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A chintya. It might be a chintya, beta, a beta tattva. One of those. Tattva. Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah. It means that everything is simultaneously one and different at the same time. That's, that's what hermeticism says. Yeah. So even when I say I'm a dualist, I don't believe like because there's the paradox. It's both, but this yeah. it's one. Like to say, like even with non-duality, you literally cannot have non-duality without duality. It's like obviously it's in the fucking name, but it seems so obvious yet people don't see it as. I don't know, man. Like, you know what I mean? It's like I get that everything's connected, everything's one. There's a totality of reality. You can look at it from the absolute point, but then there's also like the relative point, right? There's practical truth. It's like, even if this life is an illusion, you still have to treat it as if it's real. Otherwise, you're going to fall over and die and fuck yourself over. You know what I mean? Like, if you truly, truly, truly lived life as if there was literally no distinction between anything in reality, then what would be the difference between, like, killing someone or helping someone? Like, from an absolute right. point, right? Because there's no difference. But from a relative point, you've got to choose. You could, there is kind of you know, a light path and a dark path, like, clearly, just from a practical point of view, so, but I also see the paradox of, like, everything is one, it is, but it's, like you said, it's also, it's also separate, and I think that's kind of, well, the divinity is the separateness, I'll, you know what I mean, like, that we all have separate points of consciousness, and we can all experience life through different views and experiences, I think that's amazing. I think it's amazing, too, that's, I mean, that's what, I mean, you can't have a spiritual experience if you're just, like, if you're in an absolute position because it's not there's nothing spiritual yeah, nothing moving because dual, yeah. duality is essential for creation and again we talked about it on well briefly on the our last podcast with adam and how people say uh i don't know 
once you transcend this physical dimension, duality just becomes one. But that's not true either. If, if you go on the spirit realm, there's clearly separate entities. There's light and dark, but just even more extreme. You know what I mean? It's like you know, it's fifth dimension, sixth dimension, seventh dimension. You go up all the dimension. It's always going to have polarity. It's always going to have duality. The only thing that is doesn't have polarity is the all itself, the substantial reality that glues everything together. So I guess that's my way of understanding the the paradox. Yeah, that's what I think too. And the thing is, is like I do agree with the statement and the belief that we are all ultimately God. Like mm-hmm. people say that, you know, when they have that realization of like, holy shit, like I am. Like it's it's in you. The source. Yeah. And I think that's true. But the thing is, is that this God or this source mm-hmm. is 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 like eternally, as far as we can see, eternally producing individuals. It's producing things to say like I am an, a me, mm-hmm. even if it's a maggot or a microorganism mm-hmm. or an atom or whatever. It all has this planet, sense of right. You indiv- know, yeah. Macro, yeah. It's got a, it's got an individual sense of of. An individual sense, mm-hmm. it seems. So, like, if the universe is is always producing something to take on the form of being an individual, then, I mean, if it it has to be, then it's you know, then it's both one and different. Because mm. if something feels like it's if something is consistently pulled into the awareness of the separation forever, then that's for it means it's forever. Mm. It's just as equal as the oneness. Exactly. And I think you hit the nail on the head because it's like, in some way, yeah, we are all God. It's within us. And I think I like what in the Kabbalion, what it says is the all, which is God, the all is within the earthworm, but the earthworm is far from being the all, you know? And because I try to think, and it makes sense, like you can, you can rationalize and say like, oh yeah, we're God because of this, 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 and this. But then I try to think like, but hang on, we're on this point of evolution. Doesn't it seem kind of arrogant for us to come with these radical conclusions? Because... Imagine if you saw, like, I don't know, like a, a worm or a bug or an animal saying, like, oh, I am God. And it's like, yeah, but, like, come on, you, your, your it, it, understanding is so limited that you don't, yeah, I don't know. I, even the people on YouTube that are saying it, I feel like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're so sure about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I think because the way, you know, as above, so below. So I think of it as, let's say, if you were to create a cartoon character or your own u- little universe. The characters and the universes and the worlds that you're building, yes, your spirit, your essence is within that world, but they're not you. You're not going to draw a character and then be like, oh, yeah, this is Tom now. You know what I mean? There is a sort of like it works one way, but not exactly the other way. It's like it's within you. That's the paradox, but you're not. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Yeah. And then wouldn't God have infinite knowledge, infinite this, infinite that? I don't have infinite knowledge. I would assume that. God and also, has knowledge. Anyways, you'd hope so. If you're gonna, if you're gonna say, if you're gonna say you're one with everything, that puts you in a very interesting position. And that means you're a pedophile like, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to accept that. You have to. Not for real. You have to accept mm-hmm. the pedophileness in within you, the the murderer within you, or the fucked up dark shit within you, and like really, really accept it, not from a conceptual standpoint. You know what I mean? Like you just read it in a book, like oh, we're all one, but then usually people tend to only look at the the butterflies and the niceness but not really the the fucking true evil you know what i mean if anyone believes they're one i don't ever want to see them cry <laughs> don't cry when your mom dies i i had a one experience because you can have both i had the we are one experience but it was uh, like a horror movie like a, a terrible realization 
Because you have the first, like you're, you know, when you first have your spiritual awakening, you're like, all is one. You cannot have light without suffering, right? And then you kind of, it's like a really positive, amazing, uplifting, empowering realization. But then you go through your existential phase and you're like, oh shit, we're all one. That means you can't, with every light, there's darkness, right? With, there's all this suffering and you're, it's all a part of you, man. We're all connected in that way. And so, yeah, it goes both ways. So I, that's why we're all one. It's not necessarily a good or bad realization. It just, it just is. But it can be full on, definitely. Have you ever had any of these kind of like crazy other realizations or trips where you really are connected with all that darkness and kind of made you um, rethink things? Yeah, we talked about it in the last podcast with that we just did like yesterday or two days ago. I had that one mushroom trip where the little like demon gnomes were pointing at me. That's a good one. I've talked. I've talked about it a few times on my channel, but yeah, that was the really that was the first time I was really able to see my darkness, and really like examine my darkness and see the impact that it has on the people in my life and how it can, how my darkness like attaches to them and it just is me spreading darkness. But as far as like completely losing myself in some horror hell. I don't really think I've had that experience happen too much on, on psychedelics, but I know people get stuck in like hell loops and. But I know you were and like, I'm open to that, like growing up and stuff. Like even you working at a morgue, not saying that's hell, but it's like you were like, you you weren't the stereotypical new age hippie. Just you know, like you know what I mean. Like you, I feel yeah. like you, you've gone into contact with a lot of darkness. In, in a good way, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, I worked at a morgue for a few months. That was interesting. I got to see, the th I'd seen a couple of dead kids. That was really sad. Mm. <clears throat> um, but as far as like the autopsy room and stuff like that, people are just cutting bodies open. Everything in your body, like all your stuff that's in your stomach and stuff, come, it all comes out in one little swoop. You can just dig someone out and just one little scoop with your hand. So I would watch these guys scoop like out people's insides. Skins just... No, no, no. Like you cut, you cut, you cut someone open. Right, 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 right. Okay, okay. And you you open their chest, and then all the shit that's inside of you, it's all connected. You just scoop it all out in one little scoop. It all comes right out. Fuck. Like your intestines and stuff. And these guys would just pull their gloves off, eat chips. They'll be listening to like Kanye West or whatever while cutting up dead bodies. Fuck. You, I guess. I think I remember everything, right? I remember like that Gold Digger song by Kanye West playing one time, and I remember just being like, "Man, this is so strange." Just there's a dead body right here. This guy is eating chips, and he just cut this dead body open, and Kanye West is playing in the background. What the fuck am I? This is happening. That was like one of my first days at the morgue. <laughs> That'd be surreal. But uh, wow. My yeah. My girlfriend actually went to a, a hospital, and they had like all these dead body parts and stuff. They had a penis. Mm -hmm. That was weird. Penis? Could you imagine that? <laughs> I think it was blue or something. Cause it was, yeah. I so this is a crazy story from the morgue. Was um, I was working with this kid. I mean, I wish I could remember his name. He was really cool. But uh, I was working with this kid, and every morning we would come in and we would check the list of the person, the people that died and that were brought into the morgue, and it would say their name, uh, their birthday, and how they died. 
and we would just be like, oh, let's see who's here today and how they died and, you know, just check it out because it's kind of interesting. Most people die from drug overdoses and car accidents. Some people would get gunshots. There was one girl that actually got, uh, well, she was missing all throughout winter, and they found her body after the snow started to melt, and her body was all it was all bad, and they brought her to the morgue, and we got to see that. Damn. Um, That's crazy. But, yeah— one of the days we came in and checked the thing, the names, and the guy I was working with, his one of his friends that he grew up with was on there. And that's how he found out that his friend died by was just checking the list. And he just saw the body. That's how you find out. It, wow. I don't I don't think he's I don't know if he went in and saw the body or not, but we just would look at the list. Right. But he found that at work. Like that he might die. He found out at work. We came in in the morning and he was just like, Fuck, dude, like this is my friend. Creepy. So yeah, it's a creepy little place. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm sure you're probably grateful to have those kind of experiences. Yeah, they're cool. It's an interesting experience to have. I find myself being really intrigued by death and being pulled to places like that. Like it makes for me, like when I think of like who I am and like inside my head, like working at a morgue makes sense mm. for me. But even like you know, I feel like Jesus was a gangster in a lot of ways. Like he was ruthless. Yeah. He fucking he went to hell. You know, he went through all like. He, he fought the battles, you know what I mean? Yeah, so just, like, and I feel like, you know, not to put one against the other, you know, all religions have well, things, but if I was to go into a war, I'd definitely rather take Jesus than Buddha. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Buddha, there, there was Buddha one time when Buddha was fighting a war. Yeah, he was fighting a war Wait, one time, and he was all these... Evil, evil? Yeah. Uh, so well, I don't, or I don't know about certain, Or is it just certain Buddhists who kind of twist the original ideas and then... Because it's very common in, in New Age spirituality for people to say, like, oh, evil doesn't exist, you know. It's a very common belief system. I'm not, like, a Buddhist enough to know it for sure, but I do know there's one story where the Buddha was fighting these demons while he was meditating. He was meditating, and all these demons kept coming to interrupt him. Oh, scary. Really? Scary demons were coming and, like, trying to, you know, because he was meditating, so they were trying to piss him off. It's like ceremony. The shamans believe that during ceremony, it pisses spirits off, so they come and try, they try to disrupt the ceremony. Hmm. So that's why that's why you got to blow tobacco and cleanse the space, because they get, a, they get attracted to our activity. So... The Buddha was meditating, and he, he started turning in he started turning these demons into flowers. How? That's the story. I think he was shooting arrows at them, or the the demons were shooting arrows at the Buddha, and then the Buddha turned turned all their arrows into feathers or into flowers, something like that. Just with his mind, with his power I, of I mind. I had something similar when I was having a really dark trip, going against negative entities, and I just kind of shined my light of awareness, and it was sort of like it turned into like a, a flower opening up, sort of thing. So I've had similar visions. Did I tell you my technique? What's your technique? So I had a demon come to me when we were in the jungle, and it was a scary. He was like he was intentionally trying to scare me. And for people that don't know, like when you take ayahuasca, you see demons. <laughs> you can. <laughs> yeah, you can see demons sometimes. <laughs> and uh, this demon was trying to scare me, but I wasn't having it. And I was just like, so what's it like to be a demon? Like, do you got, do you have, I started asking him questions. I was like, do you have friends? <laughs> like, do you have, like, what, like, what's real, I really want to know what it's like to be a demon. Like, like what is your life like? Yeah, yeah, trying to understand what, what it is. Yeah, like, what, like, what is it like? Like, is this what you do? You just, like, try to scare people? 
while they're on ayahuasca or like what like what's and it just fucked off after that it completely was like disengaged with me once i started talking to it an interesting explanation which i which i saw on supernatural is that demons are humans that go down a really fucked up dark path so basically if like you know you're a human being you do a lifetime of fucked up shit you go to hell and then from hell they torture you until you start torturing other people and then you go through the hierarchy and eventually you become a demon fuck <laughs> I don't know, maybe they're true or not it's just it's an interesting interesting notion and also the shamans do sing to jesus i remember our dingo singing to jesus yeah me too i like yeah. that one hey zeus christoph yeah that'd be crazy though he believes it he, he he had all kinds of stories one time he uh he was like um we were all just sitting down and like outside in the lawn and he comes up and he said uh let's meet tonight i have a message from god to you <laughs> to all of us oh, he was like shit. yeah he was like i have a message from god and uh um denise didn't sh- i remember she was uh she was like i'm not gonna show up tonight and we were all like you're not gonna show up for the message from god <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> i think i'll skip i think i'll skip it out <laughs> and um it wasn't anything really profound actually we and he didn't he didn't tell us he made us like wait like four days before he told us and i remember it being really anticlimactic what was it i forget it was it was it was something so not profound that I didn't really hang on to it. I was just like, oh, oh okay. It was something. It was something like he, he just is like, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, something shit. like that. Yeah, like obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you didn't hear if you didn't hear it before, maybe it would have been super profound. But he, he's telling this he, stuff to people who've been drinking like ayahuasca and you know. Yeah. Oh man, he's cool. So I, I cool. like him, yeah. I want to see him again. I think it was really cool how he was into black magic. He was a brujo, and then he dieted the Bible, and then got saved that way. And now he's like a, a, a oh, light shaman. That's crazy. You know what else he does? He sings during his Icaros too. Is gasolina? gasolina. He died at he died at gas. What? Yeah, he died at gas. He died to gas. <laughs> gas. Yeah. Petrol. Yeah. <laughs> and he calls in a dark ceremony. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure how he did it. The spirit of gasolina. Wow. He calls on it during during ceremony. Maybe he's a His Zikaros are the weirdest out of anybody. <laughs> Jesus and gas. No shit. Huh? Jesus, gas, 25,000 colors. So it's tornadoes. <laughs> All these he's warriors. Got, he, wow, he's got he's, a, got, he's got an itinerary, dude. Wow, he has his yeah yeah. He's got his tool belt, huh? He's been collecting yeah. his weapons, all these rare mm. artifacts through his travels. Yep, and I know um, Chikunis help Eligio. Mm-hmm. Chikunis, for anyone that doesn't know what a Chikuni is, I think Chikunis are. I don't know if that's a popular thing, but a Chikuni is. A, basically a spirit of the jungle that protects the jungle. I think they were humans that that really were connected with the jungle and they transcended and now they're like jungle protectors. And they also help people during ceremony. I wonder if those spirits, like sometimes it could be like indigenous people who died traumatically while they're protecting their land and then that spirit is like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to come back as a human. I'm going to I'm gonna stay here. 
could protect this place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It's a cool thought, anyway. Good story. Wow. Are there? I mean, there might just be, like, just spirits that that evolve in the same way that we did that are just beyond what we can perceive. Or we can only pick up maybe one part of what they actually are. So that's why we kind of get this eerie feeling or something like that when we're around spirits. And maybe that these these species just exist and that's like their thing. Like they're like, fuck off, this is my forest. Get away, like a dog or something that's barking when you walk past its house. It could be that too. Just on a, like we're talking about musical scales. Maybe they're just on a different octave. Frequency, what, yeah. What we are. Yeah. Well, you know, someone was saying uh, something interesting, a comment about the frequency, and was saying how there's 12 main notes, but it's it's not that there are 12 notes, it's that there are 12 notes that harmonize with each other that's like really, that's, that's perfect to the human ear, because really in between every note there's a million different frequencies and stuff, but they don't harmonize with each other. Maybe that's what d dimensions are, you know? Like we're just kind of like tuned into a specific frequency where everything harmonizes in a certain way. Like, I'm just kind of just talking shit, but I think it's an interesting thought. But... Well, the thing is, is, I think you can start, when you start noticing patterns, macroly and microly, is when you can, I think you can really start to understand how things work. Mm. Like the atoms spinning around each other and planets, planets spinning around each other. I think it would be interesting to learn, like, proper, no wait, astronomy is the science one, right? And astrology is... Uh, the hippie one. The hippie one. Well, yeah. I guess you could argue for both in some way, but astronomy is kind of regarded in the scientific community as like, yeah, physics. This is, yeah, this is real yeah. science. Interesting. Do you believe that there's space, or are you a you're a flat earther? <laughs> Let me think about that. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I think that space is probably real, but. I, I'm not totally against the idea that uh, space is some type of water. You know how people say space is made out of some kind of water? Have you heard that one? Actually, so really, my Yesenia said something really, you know, it was like a, a stupid little stoner comment while we're like lying down looking at the stars and she was like, wow, I feel like it's like just a massive blue whale kind of going past or something like that. So it just reminded me of what you just there, said. There's a comment right now, actually. There's a comment that I don't know if it's uh, visible from Australia, but from where I'm at, every day for the next few days after sunset you'll be able to see a comet flying through the sky really yeah wow you can check see i'm not sure if it's in your hemisphere or not but um hopefully what were we talking about uh space water oh yeah so the way <laughs> so i have this i have this idea that maybe the way evolution works is that you evolve into different levels so, for example, you start in water, and then you become a land animal, which is kind of another ocean. It's like mm -hmm. an ocean we, we call air, because yeah. fish, fish don't realize that they're in water. They're just like, I'm in water. And when you take them in air, it's like, taking, it's like putting us in the ocean. Exactly. You know? So I think that we keep evolving into higher stages of things that are like water like different type of atmospheres or different type of like uh different type of tanks that encompass something that is that works for our bodies to breathe water air mm -hmm. and then whatever space is space is the next one and we can't breathe in space 
but we are becoming a technological species, a species that will be able to exist in the ocean that we call space. So I think that like it seems that there are some kind there's like a theme of there being some ocean like substance, air, water, mm -hmm. space, whatever you want to call whatever you want to call it. And even sort of like planets are like islands in a way. You know, that there's just these huge land masses that are just out floating in this this ocean that we call space. And we you can travel them through ships, but you need, like, a technological ship to get there. Mm. The fact that we can do that, though, is pretty amazing. Like, it's I, pretty fucking cool. Imagine, like, you know, you're sitting at a beach, and then you see, like, this team of fish just emerge from the water wearing, like, these fucking suits and stuff, stepping out into the land for the cool. first time. It's sort of like humans going out. I feel like that's it's what the noise I <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's... I don't know. I feel like that... Not just that, but that's one of the things that kind of separates... I know it's, we're connected, but kind of separates humans. Or maybe that's... Humans are like the start of the next octave of evolution. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You get what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because it's amazing. I mean, we are. I don't see other animals kind of, you know... Cross it. I don't know, doing the shit that we're doing. I know it seems really egotistical because then people can be like, oh, what about like whales and stuff? You can communicate through sound waves and all that kind of stuff. But that's kind of exclusive between them. But they're them. stuck. They're not, they're, they're, stuck. Not, they're not manifesting that technology on the outside world so all other animals can see. You know what I mean? Like, I can, for example, I can think of an imaginary concept like a chair, literally build it, manifest it in this physical reality, and then I can get a, a cat and put him on that chair. And in his reality, he's actually sitting on my imaginated imagination creation. You know what I mean? Other animals can't do that stuff. So I don't yeah. know what that means. doesn't mean that we're better or worse, but it's definitely special in some regard. Pretty crazy. Well, it, it puts us in an interesting position. That's exactly. for sure. Because we can control the whole world, you know? We can control our evolution. We can try. We can try. We can try. Until until the planet is just like ah okay enough of you motherfuckers I'm gonna yeah. reset those mm -hmm. are the extinction extinction events. Well, we're on a time limit. That's why we gotta hurry up and leave the planet. That creeps me out, man. I always get uh, like when I see space movies and like when I'm in a deep kind of mood, I get like freaked out when I'm like imagine myself in a spaceship like away just... from my planet. Like that freaks Let's me out. Just... Bring ourselves back to that interstellar scene again when he's just where he releases himself, letting go, huh? <laughs> Whatever the effect that is with the breath. It's it's like what it Space sounds violence, like when yeah. you can hear. You know when you can hear your breath inside your head, kind of. Because exactly. it's like now. Does that make sense? We think we think that we're in silence, but there's actually noise all around us, like the air, the, all, all these little things that we just kind of like white noise. Uh, that effect that goes away that white nose goes away and it's... what does he say he's like do not go gently into that cold dark he's... night oh and he's got no when he's like putting his attaching his ship to the thing when it's like spinning out of control and then the chick's like no it's impossible no oh. it's necessary <laughs> i love that shit man it's impossible no it's necessary we're gonna do this shit apparently Yo, fuck, dude, fuck the old guy in that movie man which old guy? Alfred. Alfred. Oh, Alfred. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. He lied. That's not cool, man. To give... Yeah, that's not cool. And to only... So he he knew that Earth was doomed through, through the start and just giving people hope. 
That's the moral predicament, man. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do in that situation? If you knew that the world was going to end, what do you tell your kids? On one hand, it's wrong to lie, but on the other hand, it's like there is such a thing of giving too much of the truth too quick to certain people. I don't know. That would that yeah. that creep me out, man. That man, what a what a great movie! It is a great movie. Just don't watch it if you're having an existential crisis. That was like a really and really then, tough movie for me to watch. <laughs> and then, I love and it. he uh, he sees his daughter at the end, and she's an old lady, and he's still the same age. Oh, and she said, "Don't, I don't want you." It's not natural for a parent to watch their kid die, so he didn't even. Yeah, man, that was. Her. Apparently, someone because I I got a few comments on your podcast on on the show Dark. Apparently it's really good and it's basically like the concepts that we're talking about in Interstellar. Apparently there's a whole show on that, and apparently wow. like one of the I've been to, I've been getting told more and more lately that I have to watch this show. So I'll watch it tonight before is, bed. It's me telling me myself to watch it. I love shows like that that really fucking get like trippy concepts. Merv! <laughs> Merv! No Merv! <laughs> Merv! Fuck! He's such a great actor. Yeah, he's awesome, man. I love that guy. He's just hitting the bookcase from behind. Murph! Christopher Nolan, man. I'm just surprised that he just made that movie. How, How do you make that? It's truly mind-blowing, man, that you can just... That you can make that. It seems like a... It seems real, like... And it sticks with you. Some people, like, some materialists got annoyed that they said that, like, love is the const, constant or something like that. I like it. I'm a I'm a I'm a romantic though, so I like that. Me too. too. <laughs> I, like I do believe. Well, glues us all together. Well, when you think of as far as humanity goes, that's the only thing for us that really transcends everything for us. Was completely like that's the Jesus. That the whole archetype of Jesus mm. is like that unconditional you know? love. And again, it sounds pseudoscientific to some people, but then is it like maybe this this well, it's, this could it's, be a scientific concept? That's Jesus basically says love is the gateway to heaven. because yeah, people say to, to God. People say like oxycodone, for example, like oh that's the chemical from love that compels us to breed. But I think it's so much. It's way deeper than that. Because if it's just to breed, then why wouldn't you just like I don't know you fuck someone and just leave? You know what I mean? Like you you stay with people, man, forever. Yeah. I don't know if that's the best example of love, but anyway, I'm a lo- I'm a love believer. I'm a lover. Well, it's, dude, it's just. <laughs> When you think of everything that's happened in the universe, think of the universe, say the Big Bang is what happened, the universe explodes, and all of the crazy chaos from the start, all the stuff that had to happen, all the wild stuff that led to this moment, and then like you fall in love with someone and it's just like, you know, you're just looking at someone that you love, and the whole universe just came together for you to just be looking at this person that you love, and it's just like... It's so human and so just it's a really beautiful thing. It's a really profound thing that like the whole universe came together for I mean this conversation to happen and then like mm-hmm. and humans are just like spending this loving each other and doing cute shit like we pick flowers and we hug each other. Yeah, and we, we, we get jealous. Yeah. yeah. We do crazy things for love. <laughs> crazy it's the craziest it makes us do the craziest stuff. We'll scream on rooftops and yeah. mountain tops. Oh, love is good. <laughs> love is good. Such a profound thing. Yeah. Love's tight. Love is good. <laughs> nah, love is good. In 100 years from now. <laughs> love is good. 
Wow. Wow, what a profound realization. It's sort of what, man, we could have been born in a universe where love didn't exist. Uh, maybe not, actually. Maybe that's scientifically not even possible. But, who knows? We could, we could have been born in... Well, what freaks me out? The medieval times. In a lot of ways. Like, in, in, in some ways, like, for example, like, in video games and movies, those are, like, one of my favorite, like, my favorite universes. Yeah. But, like, to yeah, live yeah, there... Too. I'm too used to clean water and... I like the medieval food and stuff. I like medieval because it's their voices are cool. They all kind of talk like this. Have you seen the? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, you'd like that one. That's a good one. That's a movie. Yeah. Or a game. Uh, to both. Well, actually, yeah. it's originally a book, and then they made it into a game. There's three games. It's actually Witcher Three is actually considered the greatest role-playing game of all time, like even above Skyrim and all these things from Diablo. So. I feel like uh, people that was people the, gonna comment like yes, time. Witcher three, and then they made a Netflix series <laughs> with uh, you know the guy who played Superman, uh, Henry Cavill uh, or something. Like he's a handsome kind of yeah guy with like. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, they made this show. It's really really good. You'll enjoy it. It's well the way they fuck Game of Thrones up. So this will be the new Game of Thrones. I never watched Game of Thrones. Good. It ends yeah. so terribly that it's I can't even watch the start anymore. I don't know if you've ever watched like a perfect 10 out of 10 show for it to go so badly that you can't even watch the start anymore. You know People were ends. upset with Breaking Bad. They can go fuck themselves. That was a ten. That was a perfect ending, man. Don't listen to them. <laughs> Why are you talking about the <laughs> well, movie Breaking Bad? Or because they made a movie after series. No, the series. The series was perfect, man. Yeah, I mean, how else could you end it? People would start never happy with any ending. It ended on a peak. Like, what TV shows do you know that? To end on a cliffhanger, and that, no, it didn't end on a cliffhanger. It ended on its peak, and then it finished. Because you know how like shows like they, well, every, every every show has like their peak season and they kind of drop off. This ended after mm -hmm. their peak season, so to me that's a perfect TV show that just gets better. Well, you, you don't ever know if he died, right? Uh, well, I guess not, but I would assume that he died. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen I haven't seen the movie though. They made a movie. I forget I forget what happens in the movie. He's not in it. <clears throat> yeah, he must. It's just Jesse. Died. Yeah, he's yeah. swan song apparently. But medieval times, man. I was thinking, like, imagine getting, like, you for example, man. No offense, but us, we would have gotten fucking killed for doing witchcraft. Oh, you'd be, you would. Oh yeah, we would definitely have gotten killed for doing witchcraft. But uh, I, yeah, I do think about this sometimes because I'm like, think about it. those guys were fucking men, like, big old Viking looking guys, six foot three. 250 pounds like men they're fighting animals and bears and shit i feel like and, and, I, and I feel uh, like witchcraft was more like widely accepted you know so there would have been like some crazy spells that you could do you know yeah but i i my assumption but is i would have been a bitch dude i would have been a bitch i would have been a chameleon so nah i wouldn't have people would have they would have pushed me and stuff so you know like those you know, like those big, uh, those big carts that they would move shit on. They'd be like a big cart of shit, and they'd push me in it. <laughs> what, like, like a fucking, like the king's army or something? You're like a peasant boy working, yeah, like, they like, like, like digging dirt, and they just walk past yeah. you, like, move, peasant, and they push you. Yeah, into the exactly. Shit, and you're like, oh, nothing. <laughs> they sorry, beat my sorry. ass, for stealing bread. <laughs> That's the smelliest time in human history. I feel like. I think they all smell like shit. Was that the Dark Ages too? Medieval times? I think so, yeah. I feel like they always had flies flying around them. 
I heard that, you know, we call it the Dark Ages, and you know how, like, symbolically and literally it's kind of the same thing. And I think when they call it the Dark Ages, it's because physically it had, they had the least amount of sunlight for that period or something like that. Really? Yeah. So it was also, like, dark as in fucked up dark shit, but also, literally, it was the Dark Ages. But yeah, that was sense. a crazy... Like, I, I f imagine if our days were, like, mostly nighttime. I feel like there'd be way more fucked up shit in the world, you know? Just <sighs> Did you ever get into uh, John D? John D, John D. Sounds familiar. Who's that? John D was a European magician. Oh, no. He developed the Enochian Is he, like, theories. David Blaine, even better? Yeah, he's better. Than, he's like Chris Angel. He's the Chris Angel of Europe. No, he's like a real magician, like back in the day, like doing magic, like working in the castle in Prague and stuff. No, it's like the, a I wizard. Watched, yeah, I watched the Prestige, and they said uh, Alfred. I'll do it. What is it? I'll do it. <laughs> magician. No, wizards do what magicians pretend to do. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's a fucking really cool saying. Anyway, so you, you know, wizards. I think it's I think it's he's a wizard. This guy. Yeah. About. Yeah. Wait, who am I talking about again? John D. Oh, yeah, John D. That's right, John D. So John D, he was doing stuff like uh, trying to communicate with spirits through all kinds of stuff, like scrying and using crystals. And uh, some people say he was really successful. And they would uh, they were creating their own language, the language of the angels, how to talk to the angels. Whoa. Uh, John D is interesting. I mean, those guys were basically working in tunnels underground Prague. Doing what? I, when I was in, just like being alchemist and just wild, wild black magic stuff, I, Isaac, trying to raise people from the dead. Isaac Newton was a alchemist. He's a, you know, Isaac Newton. Well, most scientists discovered, would discovered have been gravity. wizard wizards. Yeah, well, we're wizards. If you think about it, all the best, and when I say best, I mean like the biggest pioneers of our time, the biggest innovators, the, the greatest thinkers, have. I feel like all of them have been mystics in a lot of ways. Like Tesla, Einstein, yep. Newton. I mean, what's the, where, who's like the latest? Who's the, who's a modern biscuit? Exactly. A <laughs> modern biscuit. Elon Musk, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Even then, but not the... No, like I love Elon Musk, but I, I wouldn't put him. Uh, he's not a mystic. He's not a mystic. He he's more of just a billionaire that's got a m bunch of money. <laughs> right. He his mysticism is like I think reality is a simulation. Like that. <laughs> oh, but maybe not, mate. Because maybe he's so smart that he has like these crazy ideas that he just doesn't share with the world because he's got like you know, all these people in, in the stock market and all. Like he has more people counting on him. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Because I feel like there are a lot of material scientists who are like super new age hippie behind the scenes, but they just don't tell anybody. You know, you have to I changed my age, mind. But... Yeah. Go ahead. I changed my mind about uh, thinking that Hustina is actually materializing stuff okay. when she's doing her chantas. Okay. What do you think? Well, I read a. I started reading about this, and I found an article written in the 1800s, in 1890 something. And it was about a shaman that was doing the same thing. It was he was healing people, and he and you can probably Google this also. He was healing people through sucking on them, and then he would spit out a fishbone, a beetle, a rock, mm -hmm. same type of thing. Exactly the exact same type of thing. He didn't call it a chonta, um, but what he what they are doing 
or what this book was saying or this article was saying was that they know the power of the placebo and it's not that they're trying to intentionally like scam you or anything like that it's that while they're doing their healing it's it's important for you to have these visual symbols and not only that it's important to have an object to consume that negative energy like Mm -hmm. you need to transfer the energy transference right you need to transfer it and that it's previously put into her mouth i would like to ask her because we've never asked her if she because everyone's kind of like, nah, I think she, I believe that she's doing this. Like, they, like we never, right, like, you kind of feel rude for asking, especially during this. Well, because everyone's okay. like. You have to ask. Yeah. I don't, I think if, she, I don't think she would tell us that she's materializing it from fucking the ether. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's impossible. So you think she's putting it in a. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah, of course she is. No, it's necessary. She has, she has to be doing that. <laughs> Someone goes to Christina, but that's impossible. <laughs> no, it's necessary. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, it, it does. I can't logically understand it. And you know, I'm not. I'm not against the placebo. Like, if you if they're doing this thing to kind of give you like a physical representation of your energy blockage or whatever you have, and that helps you heal from it. Or if she believes that it's really transferring. Well, that's then it's true, right? Yeah, but you have to believe it. That's right. the thing. You have to believe it. I feel too. Well, did, I don't think mine worked. Yeah. Well, did yours work? You think? Uh, I don't know. It wasn't like it didn't get worse. I feel like it got better, right. but. Cause I got well. Cause with the thing with me, she checked me because I get headaches, and uh, maybe like when you left, maybe like two weeks after you left, I got the worst headache I've ever had. Or maybe you were even there, maybe after, I don't know, but I had a really bad headache. Actually, I do remember. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were having a and I, and I was like, well, it obviously didn't fucking work, so I have a horrible headache right now. But I feel like with all these healing modalities, like, they, they heal you up and stitch you up, but then we can just cut open the wound again, you know? I'm not saying that you did. Well, that's, maybe you did. It's like, it's but. like ayahuasca. It's a process. Or it's like even combo. Like, you can't take combo once and expect to be healed of whatever ailment you're trying to heal anything nothing's a cure nothing is a cure-all pill everything is a process it's like you can't meditate once you have to keep meditating like the thing i don't like when people say like someone was like why do why do people continue to take psychedelics if they get if they have like a realization and they realize whatever blah blah blah, they're all one and their problems they realize their problems are bullshit why do they keep taking it it's like the same reason people keep meditating like you have to keep you have to keep it up. You have to keep meditating. You have to keep this relationship going. Otherwise, you fall into your patterns. And maybe not as much. And I th- maybe definitely not as much. And definitely. If, not if much. you have like a really really strong, like some people have such a crazy discipline and willpower that they can take psychedelics once and then just pff, that's it. Yeah. But most humans are not like that. <laughs> We're a bit more flawed than that. Well, if you're really fucked up, then maybe maybe. That one time will be profound enough for you to change your life. Mm-hmm. But for most people, it's a process. You know, you gotta like work through your life. Mm-hmm. You gotta like, gotta keep, gotta keep going. And, and do you feel like in your position of like you know quote unquote psychedelic educator or whatever the fuck you want to call yourself, psychedelic uh, god, yeah, guru? I go with that. Psychedelic Jesus. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> do you feel like you have? Uh, I don't know if obligation is the right word or do you feel more of a pull to have more of these experiences so you can learn more about it so you can share with other people no 
Oh, you just do it when no, you when it when it's completely feels right. Yeah, I do it when it feels right, and it's completely yeah, same. Mystical studies for me. Yeah, yeah. I I, sw I swapped my mentality to that uh, this year. This was the first time I did ayahuasca yeah. with that approach, and oh, so much better for me, for me, for me. Because like, again, I went through like my the biggest part of my healing, but yeah, it's definitely well. That's it, like the like, pressure, you know. Of like, I have to fix myself, otherwise. Yes, that's exactly. it. You know, when you start taking psychedelics as magical and mystical studies, and just as sort of exploring what you can experience with your consciousness, things get real fucking cool. Yeah, but I'm also aware of the 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 dark side of it. So if I ever go through a period of like, okay, I should stop fucking around with this shit, I'll stop immediately. Like if I have a strong kind of. Well, I would have, maybe two years ago, I would have said demons are not real. It's all a projection of your insecurities, yeah. and it's all a projection of your fears. I remember us yeah. having this podcast, actually. Do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, did we talk about this before? Mate, everyone, everyone, well, I mean, not everyone, but a lot of people in the spiritual path doesn't believe in evil until they actually go into contact with it. I'm not talking about your insecurity, your trauma, your this or that. I'm talking about true fucking evil that plagues the universe not just humans you know what i mean like and once you get into contact with this force it's like it's so overwhelming that you can't deny it just well like, it's undeniable just like you having your one is everything experience you know what i mean It'd it's equally like, as undeniable as that equally equally but yeah. they're not equal in power that's what i've learned that that's when i reconciled my existential crisis is that light is actually more powerful and if you, you can look at it on the most fundamental basic level is Look at a 24-hour day. Is it 12 hours nighttime, 12 hours daytime? Oh, it's slightly more daytime, right? I think the Bible... I'm, I'm a retard when it comes to the Bible. Sorry if that uh, <laughs> offended people. Uh, but with the Bible, it's like... Oh, fuck, what we're we talking about? Evil. That evil uh, is one-third. Like, I think it's something like... It's two-thirds evil, one-third... No, two-thirds good, one-third evil. I think that's the... The ratio of i heard that somewhere and it could be complete bullshit but i feel like light is definitely a little bit more well it, the, the, life yeah. always finds a way exactly because if it was 50 50 we would be stagnant right and if it was 51 percent or more darkness we wouldn't exist it has to yep. be at least 51 percent and maybe though that number fluctuates maybe there are certain phases in humanity where the, there is a little bit more darkness you know what i mean and others yeah. where it's more uh. of a golden age well the way I think of it, it's like an alligator's not necessarily evil. No. But I mean, if it eats your kid, you're going to feel the fucking... Fuck that horrible. Yeah, Yeah. And, but I, I think that there are alligators, interdimensional alligators. There are these things that exist in, this, in these spaces, these ayahuasca spaces, the spiritual spaces, that are alligators. They want to... They, that's what they do. You know, they, they feed off of that. Mm -hmm. They feed some, off of that. Some, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I think ayahuasca. What I'm basically trying to get at, get at is that ayahuasca and psychedelics and stuff can you can get possessed. And before I wouldn't have believed that, but now I think that like you can actually you can actually get things attached to you through messing with these things if you're not careful. And that's why it's important to have a shaman and stuff. For sure. And I wouldn't I wouldn't have believed that a few years ago. And again, even just look at a basic example as above, so below. Like it's like going through a fucked up, dirty, radioactive city and acting like it's not going to stick on you if you walk past certain roads because you're so full of light, you know? 
if that doesn't apply in the physical world, why would it apply in the spiritual world? That's how I look at it, anyway. But it's, I don't know, it's interesting. I, I think that once you get into contact with it, truly, and there's a difference, because I know a lot of people use this example, I used to use this as well, like, oh, but what about, is, is a lion evil for killing a gazelle? No, that's, how can you compare that, which is clearly a survival thing, versus, like, okay, an example of evil would be, I don't know, me fucking absolutely murdering someone and choosing choosing to murder someone and having a smile on my face as I do it, knowing I'm causing pain just for the sake of suffering. That's evil, right? But killing someone for defending your family, not evil. And then someone could be like, where are you drawing these moral distinctions? Well, we kind of have to, <laughs> don't we? Uh, like, are we just going to live in this gray area where nothing's evil, nothing's good, but... I know, I think there is a, a definitely a distinction of, like, there's evil and then there's... And we can just tell. Like, when you just, like, check in with yourself, you can and you're it. like, okay, I know. You I know that's bad. I know this is good. You can, and again, I challenge people who say that evil doesn't exist to actually go into the presence of someone evil. Not, and again, there's a difference between someone who's you know, had a traumatized life, he does bad shit. Because you could have argued that I was evil as a kid. But deep down, I had a good heart. Whereas some people really are like fucking rotten. We should try to we should try to meet someone that's evil. Yeah, I think so. Like truly evil. Actually, yeah, like From go meet a serial yeah. killer. Exactly. We go meet a serial killer or someone that's in prison. We could do that. But I like to understand. I think evil is a very important thing to understand. <coughs> you know? And that's what I, I like doing. That's why I even I like watching like fucked up TV shows sometimes, just so I can understand darkness a little bit more. You know. Well, that's why we like that's why we like our dinghill. Yeah. Because he knows. Because he knows. He's been there. Personally, I don't trust anyone that doesn't have a dark side. Well, that's what. <laughs> it's like the um, and Doctor Strange. What's the wise one's name? The ancient one. The ancient one. <laughs> Does she have a name in that movie? The or is it just one. the ancient one? That's yeah. it. It's just the it's just the ancient one. It's like, but it's like her. It's she was drawing power from the dark dimension. Yeah. 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 It's the shamans, the real shamans, the real healers, are both. Mm. They draw, they draw power from both sides, but they transmit it. But you have to know where you are in life, because there are some people who think that they can go into that dabble in the darkness, but then it just eats them whole because they don't have the discipline or they don't have the the will. I feel like will is very important. Well, that's why the dietas are, are powerful, I think, because it, it teaches you discipline. You're in isolation. Mm. Your your body is, you know, is going to feeling extremes and stuff like that. And then you make it through. Mm. And I mean, if these plants really do have personalities, which they seem to, some plants seem to have louder personalities than others, like ayahuasca, mushrooms, marijuana, you know, all pl- some, some of these plants seem to have marijuana, loud personalities. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> some of them are loud. Yeah. And um some plants are quiet and like these plants that you take like uh the chikuni plant that they put you in contact with the chikuni spirits or like lavender? Lavender, camelonga. I mean there's like all these different plants that people diet, the sham- shamanistic plants that people diet that apparently you could also befriend. Mm. You can you can befriend the same way that you can sort of befriend ayahuasca the spirit of ayahuasca you can befriend these quieter plants and they will help you in life do you believe that do you think that's real i believe if you believe it it's real 
but in, even in a, I'm not even just saying that in a condescending way. I mean, like in a practical sense. Like if you truly believe that, it becomes real. That it becomes real. Not. I don't think that. But I'm not one of those people who think that. Oh, no matter if you whatever you believe will come true. I think there's obviously limits to the <laughs> reality. You know what I mean? Otherwise, if it was all belief systems, then we should be able to fly. You know what I mean? Like right. if you really truly believe that. But I don't know. When it comes to evil, though, do you do you think that it is it? it's something that's born within humans like it's this new thing or do you think it's an actual force in nature and like i said before it's not the the lion hunting down a gazelle it's the it's it's the crazy ant who fucking injects fucking poison into some animal's brain and then controls <laughs> them and makes them kill themselves you know what i mean that that's like a, a separate i don't want to say separate but it's something there's a dip, there's levels to it do you think that evil is a nature's force or it's born in humans. Well, mushrooms once showed me evil as being this. It showed me normal life, mm -hmm. and then I could see a darkness that was just always there. So I think it's a force that is just always that just is there. Mm -hmm. It's the it's it's balance in some kind of way, I guess. Well, because you know, some, you could consider, let's say, a natural disaster as like a evil acts but then is it because i think it's important to cleanse the planet every once in a while like even i'm saying this even if i died yeah of I, course i wouldn't take it personally it's like well there's no how many it has to happen are there? yeah yeah but let's think like what's a truly evil i mean rape is an evil act but this is a new this is a new concept that i'm not, not not evil but like the concept of evil being a force in nature like what what are examples in nature yeah that could point to this outside of human outside of humans outside of humans outside of humans yeah well let's see is it is it evil if a human does something because you'd have to understand the conditions that inspired the evil action because mm -hmm. ultimately we are all victims of circumstance you know like we are we don't get to choose our families and the way at, we are raised start, and shit like that at the beginning we are but i mean point it's all connected i mean even this the start even if you become, even though we make our own decisions and stuff like that, right? It still has, has some influence. It still has an influence, and I'm not saying that's an excuse for anything, but it is like when you are trying to be objective and trying to like understand where this evil is coming, you have to take into account like the full timeline. Why so I think do what like, they do. yeah, why people do what they do, and I think I mean there probably is much studies on it, but I, it w it would be interesting to see. If there are patterns in people that display behavior which we consider evil, if there are patterns in their home lives and if there are patterns in their social lives mm. that – if there are things that inspire this behavior or if this behavior is just genetic or if it's random or – Or is it a, a spiritual hijacking perhaps? Or is it a spiritual is – it, is it demonic some, possession? Some people turn into serial killers and they, you never would have guessed in a million years that that would have turned out that way, right? And then some yeah. people grow up in fucked up lives and, yeah, they go down a criminal path, but you know that deep down they're okay and then they have a maybe a born-again Christian moment and they become a fucking yeah. pastor or something. And that you could say, well, they started off in an evil place and the other people start off in a really, quote-unquote, nice surroundings. How do they become right. evil? And I know that yeah, evil let's is think. not it, it's not an absolute. Like it is relative, but just because something's relative, it doesn't mean that we should just ignore it. You know what I mean? Well, let's think of like nature. What's something evil in nature? Well, have you heard of the game 
Last of Us? No. Alright, well, it's an apocalyptic game, and it's a, basically a zombie game, but the the way they explain it, it's like this fungal growth. That, oh, yes, I, I have heard of this game. That is, it's a mushroom, yeah, right? Yeah, that is based on a real-life real thing. thing, on, like, there are these fungus that grows inside ants, and I think they get raised from the dead, or they become, like, zombies in a certain aspect. I don't know if that's evil, but I get, I'm just getting a little bit closer, a little bit more of a twisted way that nature works. I don't know. Yeah. Like, what's the survival instinct of that? Or is it just the mushrooms that want to survive, and the only way they can survive is to kill ants from the inside out? Yeah, it must be. I don't know. <laughs> I and it, and they, they come from spores, just, like, mm-hmm. flying through the air. Or maybe it's, like... Maybe we have different puppet masters because, like, you know, when humans aren't just the top of the evolutionary chain. I mean, it seems like we are at least on this physical dimension, but what about this, the spiritual realms? Maybe there are, you know, like we're talking about demons or angels. These are just labels I'm putting. I don't know what you want to call them, archetypes. But maybe there are certain puppet masters. There are some evil ones telling us, to, hey, come this way, come this way. And then there's the light one. He's like, no. Actually, you know what? Something that Alex Jones said, which not saying that he's right or wrong i agree with him but something that he said that stuck with me is that evil is much easier to hijack and evil is always going to go out of its way to lure you in whereas good you have to seek out god you get what i'm saying it's not going to go out of its way it's not going to go through it's not going to jump through hoops and hurdles to try and get you on the team because he know it's like they know like you're going to learn eventually you know what i mean and i found that interesting because I, I feel like that's true with even a society or even getting rich or successful it's so much easier to do evil, fucked up, criminal shit and get gains much quicker. Whereas if you want to build a career on something that's worth something, then it takes a very, very, very long time, you know? Yeah. So maybe there's... Yeah, I agree with that. There's something to that. Evil is very, very easy to hijack. <laughs> Even drugs. I'm not saying drugs are evil, but like you can... It's so easy to just buy a drug and just feel good temporarily, you know what I mean? But then, as you know, there's always a price for that at the end. Well, Fernando, one of Fernando's realizations was that, like, cocaine opens you up to demons. I believe that. I believe that. I I don't think... I've never tried it before, but... I don't don't think drugs are in this neutral plane, you know what I mean? They're not obviously good or bad in and of themselves, but there are definitely some drugs that tend towards... Have a tendency. Yeah, it's a tendency, exactly. Like Daytura. Just like nature has the tendency towards light, towards progression. And like, yeah, we might go through these regression spirals and go backwards. But ultimately, ultimately, if you were to get like a mathematical statistical line, it would go upwards. You know what I mean? Until we go through an extinction, then it, I guess the graph resets. But nonetheless, it seems like we're going on a <laughs> forward projection. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so too, man. These are things that I have to tell myself. <laughs> I don't want to believe that the Earth is going to just go more towards evil. But even, I don't know, even from a logical standpoint, I feel like more people are waking up, people are becoming more passionate. Even, like, the whole anti-racism thing, that's an awesome thing, I think. You know, I think that yeah. eventually, whether we're going to do it or not, but it seems that we're at least trying to stamp out certain behaviours in human society, you know what I mean? Like racism, Yeah, we definitely are. Pedophilia. That to me is evil. Pedophilia is definitely evil because it's you're taking, you're stripping innocence away from someone that has no choice. Exactly. So how can how can you compare that to a lion killing a gazelle? 
You know what I yeah. mean? Like, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Like, when... Because people confuse chaos with evil. Evil is not chaos. One might breed from one another, but it's not the same thing. There are nuances. So... Fuck. But good is powerful. Yeah. That's the good news. Well, and also, cool. like... I wonder how much it all matters. <clears throat> matter? Like, we're good. It's not funny how we uh, call it matter. Like, it yeah. matter. It does matter. Literally. Because, we're like... You mean, like, from an ultimate, like, a, a yeah, point? Yeah, like, we're gonna die anyway. How much does it actually matter? And it could be extremely important and determined. It could determine our next life and it could deter determine our, the path for all lives that we are going to have there could be no next lives it could be completely meaningless and pointless but i wonder how much how much these right. morals that we are naturally inclined to feel we naturally we wake up and as we become consciously aware as a human being we like kids don't want to hurt animals you know like a little kid you see all those little kids crying over like some some kids do. Some kids some do. kids. Yeah, I mean some kids are like smile, they'll, they'll have a smile on their face and fucking lick the blood. <laughs> off their yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I but there is though, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there is like an, an instinctual part of humans that just would save a dog if it was drowning. Mm. You know. So we're you, not indifferent about that kind of stuff. Would you say or do you believe that humans are born good and that we get polluted yes. that way? Or do you think there are some? Do, or do you think there are We're some cool. cases how, like a Hitler, for example, where from like it was imprinted in the stars that he was going to be born into this evil motherfucker, and then yes. that, that another question is: is there necessary evil? Is that yes. a thing, or is that just something that we say to justify evil shit? Well, I think these things are definitely they're, they're they're necessary because they inspire change and they inspire growth in society and mm -hmm. they are become powerful stories of our species which we carry with us and that becomes like a part of our narrative as a collective which we like use to. That's true. Well, movies, become, video yeah. games, they would not be half not they wouldn't even be a thing if it wasn't for all the fucked up shit that we've gone through. Yeah. In our human history, you know what I mean? All, all the great movies have these really extreme conflicts, you know, this hero's journey, overcoming evil. It's a very... Yeah, it seems to be a very common archetype, archetypal story, you know? Fighting evil. Alan, Alan Watts once said that Hitler is as natural as a hurricane. Mm. And that these moments, they come... That's, that's they, a scary hurricane, though. <laughs> it's a scary hurricane. But these things happen as like a sort of um, a cultural purge in a way you know mm. i think and then uh, uh, something interesting that i heard is that uh you know whether you believe in free will or not this is a you know up for debate but someone said that evil is the price of free will like the very fact that we can choose on what's right and what's wrong makes evil possible in the world whereas if there was zero free will and god wanted us to do exactly what he wanted us to do then it would just be an automatic program, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, again, you, I'm sure there's many ways you can argue this, but it's an interesting thought, you know? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus loves you, Dakota. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Fuck. You must get a lot of those, huh? Even I do. Even I, I feel like you'd get it more. Like, Jesus comments. <laughs> 
Yeah, I get a lot, especially in like the spam section. It's always just like some long paragraph of Bible quotes and someone telling me I'm gonna burn in hell. Very Christian of them. Yeah, that's what Christians do. Seems like <laughs> some of them. Some of them. I still need to read the uh, Gnostic text. I bought them after you recommended it. Ah, the the book of Tom, the Gospel of Thomas. No, not the Gospel of Thomas. The Gnostic. Or the Kabbalion. Ah, oh, the Kabbalion, yeah, the yeah. yeah. No, Is that a Gnostic true. text? Nope. What's Kabbalion? That's pre. That's like ancient Egyptian. That's like... Okay, that's, that's you, like... You that's like Thoth that, and you, stuff? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thoth is the deified version of Hermes, who is the messenger of the gods. And then the the Egyptians regarded him as like the master of masters that they made him into a... They deified him and, call, and made him to the god of wisdom. And that's Thoth. And everyone's got a little bit of Thoth's wisdom, which is the symbology of him being cut up and spread around the earth, right? Is that no one has uh, the full wisdom, but we all I'm get a little 100%, bit of it. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Something like that. And you've yeah. you got to be careful. Like, I think that's where the quote could have been from the Bible, actually, but the do not cast pearls before swine or like don't, don't preach or don't give wisdom to people who don't want to hear it because you're just giving these valuable jewels to fucking yeah, swine, <laughs> pretty much. So they're all about that. I think the reason why Hermeticism survived so long without getting kind of hijacked, like Christianity, Islam, a lot of the major religions, I think we can all agree that there's a lot of evil people who kind of hijacked it in a lot of ways. Not saying that it is, but yeah. you can't deny it. Hermeticism stayed hidden because they didn't preach it the same way that uh, a Christian would be like, hey, you must follow Jesus. They're like, hey, whoever wants to listen to. So that wisdom kind of survived through thousands of years and it makes a lot of sense man there's a lot of hermetic laws that are like scientific facts and the fact that they they were brought up thousands of years ago i mean come on like, like and to what point what is one of them being a coincidence you know what i mean like yeah uh well there's the law of mentalism which is the first one which is all is mind everything that exists it, something has to come from nothing basically that the the whole universe is mental by nature and you can prove this even with human lives like for anything to exist like even a child, right? You gotta fucking think of it in your mind. You gotta create that seed, manifesto, or even like this computer that we're talking to, or this chair that I'm sitting on, this house that I'm in. It all started with this intangible, imaginary thought that did not exist, and then we brought yeah. it to manifestation. In the Bible, it says like you know on the then what is it? God and the Word. How we created the the world in seven days or whatever. Which is interesting. How there's seven hermetic principles. But there's another one, for example, one that's a little bit more easier to understand is the principle of vibration, which states that nothing moves, nothing is at rest, everything is always moving, right? And that's a scientific fact. We, we know that energies, there's no such thing as stagnant energy, everything has to move. Even this chair that seems dense and doesn't seem like it's moving, but if you... And these are pretty important, these are important things to realize too, like... Every man. Or polarity, that there is a dual nature in everything, even the absolute and the relative, so that kind of, that helped me out. Who were these people? That's a good question, man. That's a fucking good question. Because <laughs> this is one of those books, man, this is like, it's the most read book in my life. Like, I've read it over 20 times, I think, and I still get such profound wisdom, and it's short, man, and they just... They just lay it out. So there's like polarity, everything's dual, there's rhythm, there's ebbs and flows, there's seasonal and cyclical nature in all things. As above, so below. That's a hermetic philosophy. Hmm. So was Crowley, was Aleister Crowley into uh, he hermeticism? Been. Well, put it this way. Hermeticism is literally 
I don't want to say literally, actually. That's not, it wouldn't be literally the building blocks. But <laughs> it is the foundation of all magic. So basically, okay. if you don't know, people who do magic without knowing hermeticism is like people doing advanced calculus without learning how to add first and subtract. Right. You know what I mean? And there are people who can do it. I was actually one of those people. I could always add and subtract, but I was like a genius at fucking calculus and physics and the most complicated fucking equations but then when it came to like simple stuff like doing percentages and stuff i was like oh fuck, i had to really think about it you know what i mean so it's good to sure. learn the foundations but i think it's interesting definitely very interesting both you should read it huh. yeah i have the book somewhere around here i gotta i gotta go through my bookshelf and try to find it i got some good books man yeah I've got... what's your what's your favorite one or the one that sticks in your mind right now ah uh... Well, in what in what kind of book? Um, Any book? Yeah, I, I, let's let's start with like religious, esoteric, self-development, spirituality. That's um. Well, there's one book that's called "You Are That." Is it called "You Are That" or "I Am That"? Alan Watts. I oh, am you that. Are it. Is that you? You are it. That that's Alan Watts. You are it is Alan Watts. Okay. And then there is "I Am That" by talks by Sri Nisargata Maharaj. I don't know if I yeah, where it's at, but that's a really good book, mind-blowing book. It's like a Indian philosophy, but it's a uh, it's question and answer. So it's like these people asking this guru questions, and he just answers with like really profound statements to everything they ask, and they ask really good questions that we would normally ask, hmm. like, "Oh, you say this? Well, what about this?" You know, like right, they right, say right. something. Like they really try getting him, and he like he's always got something really profound to say. Nisargata Maharaj, really profound Indian. Send us saint. a send us a message. I want to learn more. Yeah, about those. Yeah, that, and that's a good one. That's a good one to start. And uh, Bhagavad Gita, obviously. I got that on Audible. It's a nice one. That, yep, I that, I find that it's uh, way better to listen to it while you read it. That's how you. For me, that's how like I got through it the first time. Because mm. it was really hard to read it because of all the sanskrit names and it's just like it just puts you off when you start seeing like nishringhadev and all these yeah, crazy yeah, words yeah. where you can't say it but uh yeah if you can get into that one that's a real deep one um the, the cosmic serpent that's, that's something that i haven't <laughs> read yeah me too i need to get into the bible and i fucking grew up with this shit uh the uh, cosmic serpent i read a couple years ago that was actually one of the most profound books in terms of not so much just shamanism but just yeah shamanism and just like whoa yeah just yeah, that's a great book about the these plant technologies and even like highly old, recommended or how like old shamanic paintings and and they would, you'd see like chromosomes and like the microbiology of human anatomy and things like that. I love that. Yeah, I love that. And he he was kind of saying he believes that's how shamans are healing people is that yeah. they're able to go into the micro world through these plants somehow. Whoa. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great book. I've I've had those know. visions, man, where you go within, like, you go into these microscopic realms, and I've also gone yeah. through the planetary. You can, realms. you can go into your body. Yeah, I've 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 like I told you the last podcast with that interstellar trip that I had on mushrooms. It was like swimming through my unconscious, but I was also releasing sort of like these blockages. Like I would go, for example, this specific spot on my shoulder, and I'd like go in there and then. Whoa, and like release energetically it sounds so fucking i was just thinking how <laughs> fucking crazy it would have looked like seeing me from an outsider perspective but i've had those man like you can actually go in and if you're in tune with your body i feel like if you do a lot of physical exercise or 
not just physical exercise but like martial arts or yoga and you're like in tune with your body i reckon you could have like insane experiences doing these things yeah for sure right yeah i feel like in this modern society we've just been so like disconnected <laughs> a lot from our bodies and our souls and stuff do you think mind and soul are two separate things or do you think it's pointing to the same thing because mind is not the brain you know what i mean mind is before everything so mind is sort of the spark of just like i guess your perception because like you don't like you don't cut awareness the human maybe? brain and you don't you don't physically see like oh there's your memories or there's the color blue or this is that song that you like as a kid it's all okay you know okay okay I mean? that's the mind that's the mind, mind. yeah it's the memories your then your that thing yeah all these minds bro all these minds that's when people yeah. say it's all in your mind bro i'm like the whole universe is all mine that doesn't make yeah. it any less <laughs> comforting in the slide yeah that's cool <laughs> it's, oh, it's just your subconscious bro <laughs> yeah even infinite doesn't knowledge. That, <laughs> so does that even means our brains are in our mind well our brain you could argue that our brain is our fingers is an extension of our brains we don't we don't touch with our hands we feel we touch with our brain it's trippy man but, but I, the brain I, brain is not is mind. in the mind in my, in my opinion but, no mind. but it's in the mind yes well, there's so it paradox. Is the it's a chicken and the egg thing, isn't it? Is the well, no. Okay. Is the mind the byproduct of the brain, or is it the other way around? Is it the mind creates life? According to Hermeticism, at least on the, it works like that on the top down. You know what I mean? So what did they say? Oh, just everything comes. Do they think all is mind for this? Mind is mind is first. Mind is first before anything. It precedes everything. Not just like we're we're using like human mind as an example, but everything has a mind. Like there's plant, there's there's plant mind, animal mind, human mind, and then of, of course above us, which we don't understand yet. Mm. But everything has a mind, and I found it, and they believe as well that between like let's say animal and human. There is an in-between yeah. state of like animal humanoids, and maybe these are some of the entities that we see, you know, like these, mm -hmm. I don't know, nature spirits or something. It's like in-between yeah. us. It's a, it's a cool thought, right? Or mushrooms. Mushrooms would be, I feel like, in-between plant and animal, because we, yes. we look at mushrooms as, they're not plants, they're more genetically similar to animals, but they're clearly not mammals, you know what I mean? I don't know how this has to relate with mind, but <laughs> apparently there's a mind with everything. So according to Hermeticism, all this stuff, all this evolution, all, everything that happens in this life, it's all, it proceeds with something. And even cause and effect, that's a Hermetic principle with every cause well, and effect. It's weird. It's weird because mind is sort of like a – it's – or the brain is like a – container for the mind to experience so it's like uh you know you can it's like plugging you plug the mind into the brain and the brain produces something it's like a projector mm. but what happens if there's no mind if there's no brain then what is the mind with no brain maybe that's just why, the, maybe that's why the mind created the brain so that it could have a, a vehicle i guess to kind of contain otherwise it would it would be like that quantum state where they find those quantum particles that are just existing in super states where they're not anything it's a wave and a particle at the same time that's probably what the mind is that where it's could just be god, existing. right 
it's just existing as a state of potential rather than an act, like an, an actuality. So maybe. Do you yeah. Think, do you th maybe it could be mined without any of the brains or the physical counterparts that contains it. Maybe that's what. Well, we've the brain, the br so it's I. Th the mind is probably just pure potential, and the brain is what measures that potential and turns it into something. Because so you like know when the they say you're the antenna. Like, you know, you've got yeah, like an antenna. that are already around there, and then you've got the antenna that... Well, they say those quantum particles are existing in a superstate until we make the decision to measure them, and then they take a position of being a particle or a wave. But until we consciously observe it, it's existing in a superstate. And then when we make, when then we start looking at it, it decides to be something. Mm. I don't know. So my, I don't know. So the brain is sort of like the conscious decision to measure something. I don't know. It's this deep, but does that make any sense at all? A little bit. Probably I, not. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe brains, is, it could be even just a physical manifestation of mind. You know what I mean? It's like even in the medicine, they, something that stuck with me is like the principle of gender, for example. We think of gender as, or some people think of it as a social construct or it's like... It, it's something that we identify with before, but according to Hermeticism, gender actually precedes sex. There's gender, and then sex is actually a manifestation of gender on this physical plane. And there are masculine and feminine en energies in everything in life. But within every masculine principle contains a feminine principle, and every feminine principle... Wait, so what do you mean? Gender pre-exists sex, meaning what? So there's masculinity and and feminine, Femininity. right, across all plans, even the highest dimensions, all the spirit realms, whatever you fucking want to, yeah. whatever you want to call it. And then when you go down the line on this physical dimension, gender manifests in terms of humanity, it manifests as, you know, penis, vagina. Right. But there is, the gender precedes it, according to Hermeticism, but I found it, I found it. Right, so like masculine and feminine qualities exist before previous you were to us, yeah. right. <laughs> And even uh, and our intelligence, Intel we must get intelligence from somewhere equally, exactly. right? I think of that as duality. You know, some people say that the human mind created duality, where I say, no, 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 duality is what created the human mind. How do right. I know? Why do we have two hemispheres? Is that an illusion right. or is that a physical proof that we can all agree on? Why is why is everything split into two? Why right. is there night and day? Why is there this and that? You know what I mean? Like that duality existed before we were even born and when we right. perceive duality it's not that we're inventing this concept that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world it's that no we're just recognizing something that that we, we call it duality yeah we have concepts and these identifications but it's something that we're perceiving you know what i mean it's something that's yeah. already there um yeah <laughs> people listening at home so what i'm trying to say is that fucking duality is real motherfuckers <laughs> Sure. But it is. Yeah. <laughs> At least the experience of it, anyway. Yeah. Simultaneously, one and different. Exactly. And that's what Hermeticism say. But if you yeah. say one or the other, if you go too extreme on the duality and there's, oh, there's no absolute, then that's a, is, that's a silly, right? But same with the other side. It's all connected, yeah. but it's all, it's all separate, too. And you want that. Think about all, uh, all the greatest artists in the world. They're all... People who are so separate from this reality. Oh, like they, they just... I guess they live out their authenticity. And then what is authenticity? It's something to do with you being unique to your own soul, right? That's not one and the same with everything. Right. 
that would be a I don't know. I think that would be a horrible thing for humanity for everyone to just be the same as everything else. I think that's kind of what makes life so amazing and beautiful is that we are so unique. Different. And, yeah, different. Not separate. I think that's the illusion. It's that everything is separate. That I agree with. Nothing is separate. Clearly, everything is connected. But I think there's also boundaries that we need to have, you know? Yeah. It's like if you were to, if you were to make a, a, a garden in your home try to do it without a fence around it and see what happens. <laughs> you need to kind of create some separations so that way it can grow and flourish and have its space to grow, you know what I mean? Instead of bugs and animals and bogans sneaking in and stealing your shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did you and Quentin talk about in your guys' podcast? How did that podcast turn out? Good. I feel like it's very similar stuff of what we're talking about. Different, but yeah. like this just, just weird shit. Because uh, the the approach that I have with these podcasts, at least when I'm talking to like you guys, is that I don't I go into it with just a blank slate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to make it purely just in the flow. But then it depends. Like if I have like I don't know Dennis McKenna or something, then I'm gonna not putting him above you. It's just because you're just easier to talk to. You're a mate. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. But. He'd be cool. He'd be yeah. interesting, actually, Dennis McKenna. I I emailed him, but I didn't get nothing back. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever gets through to him, <laughs> we'll yeah. each other up. Nah, he'd be yeah, really yeah. interesting, sure. man. He's like one of my top guys. You know he lives in Urumbamba? He has a house in Urumbamba? He has a university. In like Costa Rica, right? No. Uh, McKenna, make the school, McKenna, yeah, yeah, whatever. Institution or something, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Seems pretty cool. I'd go there. Yeah. That's my kind of school. Yeah, I would go there too. Yeah, I would go there. And he does uh, ayahuasca retreats in Costa Rica with... Uh, Brian Rose? Soltara? Soltara? Uh, no. Okay, no. It was something else. I saw Brian Rose from London Real. He did a documentary with Dennis. Did he? Yeah. Oh, All nice. Connect. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that guy, he's a... Uh, that guy's a, a pioneer a little bit in a lot of ways. Definitely. Definitely. I, I don't think... I don't ever hear anyone say his name or give him credit, but he's like... Really? One of the... Brian Rose? Oh, Brian Rose. I thought he was talking about Dennis McKenna. Oh, yeah, Dennis McKenna definitely is. Yeah, but Brian Rose, like, he's been talking about ayahuasca. Like, he's one of the first people I saw talk about it Yeah, people are on hating, YouTube. People are hating on, on him now because he did a uh, some he – st- he wants to start a new digital freedom platform, like a new YouTube, and people just got yeah. mad that he took money or something. But then I I can see the anger, but at the same time, I, I also see people direct that anger towards me about doing something so fucking stupid, so I have – more understanding <laughs> about people. I give him the benefit of the doubt. You know what, what I mean? What did he do? He did like a GoFundMe or something and took the money? Uh, well, apparently he's going to still do it. It's not, it's not like that he, he took all the money and ran away. I think that he didn't. He wasn't clear about it or... I don't know. People think that it, it's a scam. I don't know. Oh, this is no, I feel like he's probably... I he's, trust that guy. He's helped our community like a lot. A lot more than what you yeah. may think. That's, that's what I yeah. believe. And yeah. I think his podcast is one of the, the pioneering ones, man. For sure. Yeah. Might not be, like, the most popular. It's pretty big, though, if you think about it. But, so, you're going to... Did you tell me before that we're going to do a three-way with Quinton? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I would love to, yeah. Um, I didn't set it up with him yet, but me and him were talking about doing a podcast, and it would be fun if we all, th- all three of us did it, you know? <laughs> Be cool, and then we'll see yeah. each other in Mexico. And then, yeah, I think Should he's planning on going to Mexico with us. 
I'm excited for peyote. I was really scared of it, but now I'm I'm excited. Cause you didn't get the big fucking <laughs> on San Pedro. You want you want yeah. fucking <laughs> a proper cactus mm -hmm. trip. I'm mm -hmm. a little bit nervous, but nah, I'm good. I think it's yeah, no. right. Ayahuasca is what scares me the most. Um, I tell you what scares me actually, 5-MeO DMT. I'm scared of 5-MeO, yeah. Especially but with ayahuasca, I had, I had such a good experience that I, I don't, I'm like, fuck, what if my next one's like? <laughs> like, I hate to say this because it's the most, it's, this is the worst thing to say. And I, I know that you're not supposed to say this, but it's like these last few ayahuasca trips, they were intense, but it's almost like I, I know what to expect. So I can kind of start navigating it. Right. But I know as soon as I, I get comfortable, it's going to be like... Maybe. Because I remember he, Jose told me he was like, I thought I knew until like my 100th trip. And then my 100th trip showed me that I absolutely know nothing. I've heard, I've heard that too. Because I, I feel like 50% of my ayahuasca trips are very lackluster, actually. It's either like... Eh. Like I feel like uh, or, or sick or nauseous, but very few times yeah. it's like the i feel like mushrooms is like consistent in that way i agree you know i find it a little interesting that people revere ayahuasca so much more than mushrooms they haven't had a big enough dose that's that's what it is and they haven't had it in a shamanic context because when you have ayahuasca in the shamanic context or any psychedelic for that matter it changes the game whether it's better or worse it's all up to you and the individual what you're into but it's definitely a different experience that is undeniable and with mushrooms, yeah. like you've, you've done the mushroom ceremony. I, I haven't done a proper shamanic mushroom ceremony. But I've also listened to uh, ayahuasca ikaros while I was stripping on mushrooms. And that, you know, you could call that a digital shaman in a lot of ways. But that brought mm -hmm. me to a very shamanic ayahuasca space, man. Like actually seeing, not just seeing spirits, spirits, shamanic spirits interacting with me. And yeah, like, I've had that happen too. And like oh, wow. cleansing me and I could feel it. Like the energy flow through me, yeah, man, it was wow. really, really bizarre. But That's I've had cool. I've had ayahuasca trips, many ayahuasca trips on mushrooms. I feel like actually most of my mushroom trips are ayahuasca trips. <laughs> well, I <laughs> think the thing is, door, you know, with ayahuasca is it's got the theatrics, which makes people mm -hmm. more attracted to it because it's that you got to make the pilgrimage of going to the jungle it's got this mystique of being brewed of some exotic plants you have the shaman mm. with mushrooms it's lacking the whole ceremony it's lacking the whole ritual so people don't have the same connection to it, it doesn't have the same exoticism as ayahuasca does but i find mushrooms man like mushrooms will always they're my favorite and i find much i would i would recommend ayahuasca to people because it has such a long history of the ceremony and the, the ceremony is is helped so much with healing people mm -hmm. if mushrooms had the same foundation that ayahuasca has it would be incredible it could be even more powerful in a lot of ways it could be even more powerful in a lot of ways I even think. just the fact that it's very consistent it's you're very gonna, consistent it's, yeah, it's very consistent you're gonna trip <laughs> and um yeah, yeah, it's very consistent, yeah. Ayahuasca, it's like... And the thing is with mushrooms, too, is that it's consistent, and it can still be different each time. Yeah, 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 definitely. You, I agree It doesn't that, really make sense. But, but I also think that mushrooms... Uh, no, not mushrooms. Um, Ayahuasca is more unpredictable. Like, I feel like the trip... Ayahuasca is very unpredictable. They, they differ a lot more, whereas with mushrooms, it's it's different each time, definitely. But there is a 
but it's good there's a consistency yeah yeah it's yeah. a little bit more compressed you know what i mean where ayahuasca a symphony you know yes yes <laughs> you know 100 percent gonna go and it really depends on who cooked who cooked it and there's so many factors with it with ayahuasca we cooked our own ayahuasca one night really good stuff. yeah no i think with ayahuasca as well a, a part of what makes it maybe a part of the reason what makes it so profound is that it's really disgusting to go through it, like to drink it. Yes. And, and it's like a, a, a I guess, an initiation that you've got to go through, whereas mushrooms, maybe, and maybe it weeds out the crowd a little bit because ayahuasca already is going to weed out the people who's like, why would I want to shit myself in the jungle and drink this disgusting <laughs> brew when I can just fucking take DMT? It takes away those people, which is no offense to those people, but at the same time, it's, you know what I mean? <laughs> It definitely weeds yeah. out, but on the dark end of the spectrum, it also brings more purists and elitists. Mm-hmm. There's all, you know, there's always a balance with everything, so I guess it depends on what you want. Because of the mushrooms, Man, I, I've met many people who've taken mushrooms and they're like still dickheads, super, uh, yeah, dickheads, unconscious, all this kind of stuff. Whereas ayahuasca, I feel like it has more of a success rate on changing your perception. But yeah. it's not just the substance, you know, like we've just been talking about. It's all the whole the whole ceremony. Because I bet you if yeah. people went out of their way to drink mushrooms in a shamanic ceremony, it would change the game. That would be the new ayahuasca. And that's what we're going to yeah. do, Kato. Not us being shamans, yeah. of course. I would never fucking do anything ridiculous like that. But the middlemen. We get the- yeah, we're the middlemen. Well, we can help, like... I'm really... Uh, there's I'm really passionate about, like, doing something with Maria Sabina's family. Me too. Me too. It means a lot to me to like uh to just help her family i mean like fuck i don't know just they might not even like a ram das without this like that's like how deep it goes doesn't the the origin of the how the mushroom spread and who it influenced you got to think about the people that it influenced like timothy leary the mycologist uh joseph watson or something watson anyway and and of course timothy leary gave ram das his first lsd trip so it influenced just those two people, just Timothy Leary and Ramdas. Just think about the fucking the domino effect that they sent throughout the right. world, you know. And it's Gordon, 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 Gordon Watson. You. Thank you. Yeah, what, Gordon Watson. Just, uh, I'm not sure, but yeah, just popped in my head. Gordon, I was thinking, trying to remember. Gordon Watson is actually the one that found Maria Sabina. I should know this because I I made a documentary on it. Yeah, Gordon Watson. Yeah. Mexico, Mexico. I mean, and they're still, they're somewhat connected to it still, like her family, you know? He was going to hook me up. Chemo is her grandson's name, her great-grandson. I think they got a different last name now, though. We'll Hernandez or something. We'll figure it out. But yeah. I, I think mushrooms might even be a bit more gentle than I. I feel like ayahuasca is more hardcore. The spirit of it is a little bit more... Yeah, I don't know. What would you say? Like, do you think that the spirit of ayahuasca is a little bit, if there is such a thing, it's a bit more harsh? I find the spirit of ayahuasca not to be harsh, but I find ayahuasca itself to be harsh. Like, you just feel so, like, heavy and just like, oh, like, oh, fuck. But the spirit itself, like, when you meet the the goddess of ayahuasca or, like, the genie jungle or whatever it is, it doesn't feel aggressive it's it's will, sometimes it's will smith as the blue genie that's ayahuasca 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess it, oh. it all depends, though, man. Because I, I, like, I say these things, and I'm like, oh, hang on a sec. Some people have complete opposite reactions. You it's know hard. I mean? It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to say. I Did you see Will Smith? For me, for me, ayahuasca is more like a little bit. I revere ayahuasca a bit more. Will Smith and uh, his wife. Did you see she cheated on him? Who cheated on who? Will Smith's wife cheated on him. Oh. And they like made a video just talking about it, and uploaded the video. Really. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. I don't know why they did that. Oh. I mean, I guess, I guess, because it's gonna get out anyway, maybe. Better so they just wanted the horse's mouth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Poor Will. <laughs> Poor Fresh Prince. But I remember reading. I've heard that they were swingers. I could see that. That's just the word in the street. Like you kind of hear like these these rumors about Hollywood people. Like, you're like, well, everyone in Hollywood knows. That's what, like, what people will say. And they said that about Will Smith and Jada Pinkett. They also said it about Will Smith, or not, uh, they said it about Obama's wife being a woman. A man. A man. <laughs> Obama's wife being a woman. Yeah, Obama's <laughs> wife being a man. I've heard that, too. I've heard that from my dad and shit. He had, like, this... Joan crazy. Rivers said it. He had, like, a conspiracy European magazine and shit, and they had, like, pictures of Obama's wife, and you can see, like... The With a bulge. bulge. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so oh, poor lady, man. Yeah, I, don't know. I feel like there's definitely a lot of... There's a dark circle in Hollywood, and I, there's definitely a lot more <laughs> celebrities getting caught doing real, real messed up shit. And things that were, were, like, people have been saying for years, you just don't believe it. You're like, no. Like, you know, Tom yeah. Hanks wouldn't do that or whatever. I'm not saying that man. years, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Did you did you see I uh, I did a podcast with Ron Jeremy? <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I bumped into him on my way out of Sexpo, and I took a photo with him. So funny. Uh, what made you... He just got arrested, did you hear? No, what, what happened? He raped somebody and got went to Jay's in jail now. Fuck off! Right after me? I did the pod, right after I did the podcast with him. Like as soon as he he closed the laptop, he's like, "All right." <laughs> no, apparently it's an old it's an old charge. Apparently that just caught up Whoa. with him. Oh, so another me too. Another me too. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say victim. What's another word for victim? Culprit. There we go. Yep, culprit. Um, it's pretty crazy. His manager at the time, his manager dropped him, obviously. But his manager was looking for uh, people. He was looking to put him on a podcast, and they made a post about it, like, "Hey, we're looking for podcast." Mm. And I was like, "I was like, Ron Jeremy, okay, <laughs> that'd be fun." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was cool, but uh, I unlisted it now, though, just under the circumstances, I guess. You know, people were yelling at me for keeping it up. Oh, just in case. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Everyone's getting caught, so. Watch your kids. I mean, yeah, you can't fucking can't. I mean, think. I mean, back in like the '90s and stuff, you could get away with that kind of shit. People didn't talk about it. Not now. I, I feel like I I subscribe to what Joe Rogan says, and that is that privacy is going to become. It's not going to become a thing eventually. Yeah. Maybe okay, we'll think about time, this. But eventually, there's not going to be any privacy. There's going to come a point where we stop having physical wars and we start having information wars, where we start where we've someone already, builds an article. We've already started that. There's information wars everywhere. For sure, but... Okay, well, just today, actually. Did you see that Twitter got hacked today? No. No. Twitter got hacked today. Elon Musk, Obama, Jeff Bezos, all their accounts got hacked, and someone tweeted from all their accounts saying, hey, um, send me bit send bitcoins to this address, and I'll send, I'll send you the amount you send to me double or something like that. Oh, and people all did that shit. Giant accounts. 
Probably. I mean, if a fucking Obama and Elon Musk are saying, hey, I'll double the money if you send me some. So all these giant accounts just got hacked. This is what I mean, though. Is, yeah. So think about think about if if this can happen if these all if the president's the ex president's account can get hacked on Twitter who knows what kind of messages he's got in there probably nothing realistically but I mean think uh, about what happens I don't know about Obama but yeah <laughs> think about what happens when China says you know what fuck America I'm gonna we're gonna hack you guys and release everyone all your population stuff. So now you guys have a civil war because now all the wives, no husbands are cheating on them. Everything. It could be complete civil war. All, all the pictures and everyone's phones are there. You can you can type in someone's name. You type in, I don't know, whoever, your neighbor's name. And now all of a sudden on this website, you type your neighbor's name in and you can see all their text messages they have ever sent. Every picture they've ever sent. You know when every time they're like, man, I fucking hate Tom. Tom's playing these fucking drums too loud dickhead or whatever you can see all this stuff like what's going to happen when all this all this all this stuff gets released uh it's going to be chaos i i, I guess this is why but, i should be honest but that'll be the that'll be the step the progress to transcending the ego to transcending jealousy to exactly. transcending all this stuff everyone has because to be authentic you have no choice you can't you have lie. no choice because lying for example you know we talk about good and evil lying is a i think inherently a very demonic thing just to like Okay, you know what? Yeah. Every time I say something, I always have like a fucking backup. It's like, oh, actually, <laughs> yeah. But because it is true, like you know, we're talking about, I don't know. Let's say you have a three-year-old child, and are you gonna tell them like, hey, did you know that you're gonna die one day? Like that's <laughs> literally telling the truth, and he's not telling. Is that lying? I don't know. Maybe there's a certain point that you gotta ease into the truth, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I said that, but. Yeah. No, I don't. I agree. Yeah, man. I think it's a good time to end it on. Conspiracies. <laughs> <laughs> how long did we? How long did we go for? Uh, almost two and a half hours. Oh, nice. We just yeah, these last couple ones have been long ones. They're just easy. Yeah. yeah sometimes you just forget. It just flows. Goes easy. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, uh, awesome talking to you. Do you want to let the people know at home where they can find you or if what's been going on? Yeah. Do you want to share anything? Um, you can find me at youtube.com slash Dakota Wint or Dakota of Earth. You can find my podcast, A Place for Humans podcast. If you guys like Tom, me and Tom have done podcasts before. Um, yep, we did one with Adam, Psych Substance. We just did one with Psych Substance. One. That was a really fun one. Um, if you haven't seen, me and Tom did videos in India together. We did videos in Peru together. We got a lot of crazy content together. So if you don't know, I know. You there's, check that there's, stuff there's out. always a lot to talk about. Like we could do this for all the time. I feel. Yeah. Even India, we didn't yeah. talk about India. Next time, next time, because there's a lot of yeah. <laughs> stuff, <laughs> we did talk about of, India. Yeah. yeah. No. Fuck. But yeah. Anyways, this one it's about one a.m. here, so I'm gonna crash out. And uh, thanks for coming on, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good to see you. I'll text you tomorrow when I wake up. All right, no worries, man. Love you, man. Have a good one. All right, peace. Love you. Talk to you later.